From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Not even six minutes past the hour. Well, welcome to a brand new week. I know that literally the calendar starts on Sunday, but my entire life that just makes sense to me that the week starts on Monday. And I've never really had jobs that are Monday through Friday but it's just the way that it, it seems like it always worked in the casino industry and pretty much everywhere that that I touched. Monday starts the work week. I know with some people, they think it's Sunday. But anyhow, hope you had a great weekend. Uh, could the Philadelphia Eagles have played any better? Uh, the answer to that question would be no. Every single facet. What a, I mean, c- can I say it? Ass whooping. I mean, just unbelievable. 38 to 7. And they just played, I mean, every single facet of the game. Defense was excellent. Offensive line was terrific. Jalen Hurts was outstanding. Uh, Just great effort all the way around. If they play like that again, there is no team in the AFC or the NFC that can beat the Eagles and the only team that they have to get past in the NFC now is San Francisco, who we predicted would make it. We predicted that the Eagles would. We predicted that Cincinnati would. And we predicted that Kansas City would. And please have a moment of um, silent reflection for guest listener Eric. I suspect because he's such a good man, he's such a good friend, he'll he'll probably find a way to check in sometime this morning uh, because we we took – Four pizzas from Eric. And, and un, unlike most who don't pay up, uh, Eric does. Uh, so I, I do want to let you and I want to let Eric know he and I had a brief exchange when I had won the first three. And I hate to say it, and I, I have two very good friends that will back me up on this. I knew that San Francisco was going to beat Dallas. Dallas was terrible last night. San Francisco really wasn't much better. But Dallas was awful. The difference between the effort versus Minnesota and last night was just terrible. And I stayed up for that game. So I am playing on very, very little sleep. Because not only did I get up normal time, I got up 15 minutes earlier than normal time. I looked at the clock and I said, that's it. I'm just getting up now. So I I definitely need a second wind because I probably slept from about 1045 until 145. I don't recommend that. But uh, what a weekend, and we'll hold the rest. We'll hold the rest um, until 9 o'clock. But I will tell you, the Eagles play at 3 p.m. Let me tell you what I did. This this is worth a quick story. We had a wonderful event. My son 
it could be a professional chef. He's that good. He has a professional pizza oven that we currently keep at our home. We've never used it. I won't use it. Uh, It's his, but it's at our home. So my son was there, my oldest daughter, uh, Margie's sister, one of her sisters, her son, and Noah. Trying to think. And yeah, that's it. So we're all there. It was all planned. My son was going to cook, and he did five pizzas. You could sell them at any pizza restaurant. They were amazing. Absolutely amazing. So the pizza was great. That was the pregame meal. The game was just off the charts. I mean, just from the first drive, you just kind of knew. And then they just took off, and it was just fantastic, the whole thing. And, And the company and the experience and all of it. So I sent out a text message yesterday. It was basically, I don't make demands, but it was a request that everyone that was there for that game has to come back to our home this Sunday at 2 p.m. We're not going to do pizza this time. We're going to do subs from my favorite sub shop. Then the game at 3. The AFC game is at 6.30 p.m. I'm expecting the Bengals will beat Kansas City even in Kansas City for two reasons. They're very evenly matched. And as the week goes on, I I want permission to modify this because if Mahomes cannot play, there's no doubt that Cincinnati will win the game. If he can play and he's right, I want to take one more look at this later in the week. But I know he finished the game and it was miraculous. Uh, Those high ankle sprains, they don't heal quickly. They crush your mobility. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's in a walking cast right now. And on crutches through Wednesday, Thursday of this week. The other thing is, Cincinnati has defeated Kansas City three consecutive times. Very competitive, very close. I think last year was something like 27 to 24. So I like the Eagles against San Fran. And I like the Bengals against the Chiefs. And that will be your Super Bowl. Then in my directive, I shouldn't say directive, my request which I will say my request was honored. All will be in, a, in attendance this Saturday at 2 p.m. at the Ponderosa. But also important to note, everyone has to... I'm not totally superstitious, but I will tell you when I used to play organized basketball and my running career, I did have certain superstitions. Certain socks that I liked that I thought were good luck socks. I can't explain it, but a little superstitious, not crazy superstitious in all aspects of aspects of life. But with sports, I am superstitious. So everyone is coming and everyone is going to sit where they sat for the last game. And if the Eagles play like they did against the Giants, 
San Francisco has no chance. But I do expect it should be a good game. You play all year for what the Eagles have earned, and that is the home field advantage. Uh, that's a big deal. For this season, it didn't really matter whether they were they lost more at home than they did away. Uh, one game away, two at home. And, of course, the ones they lost at home, Hertz didn't play. Hertz lost one game on the road, I believe. So they are they are really, really good. And they put it together. They put all of it together. Offense, defense, special teams, terrific secondary coverage. If I didn't say offensive line, offensive line was terrific. Defense was terrific. Now, San Fran allegedly has the number one run defense in the NFL. So we'll see what that what that means on Sunday at 3 p.m. Uh, if you get a moment, I'll tease this in about five minutes. I'm sorry, in about 15 minutes. Uh, but we wrote an article about the life of Chris Ford. Margie and I went to the first of several visitations. And what what an incredible man. What a great life, wonderful family, and uh, it was really um, it was it was it was profound the whole experience. And I have to say, when Kathy took a moment, Chris's wife, and said that she wanted me to meet her mom, and I think Rita is listening right now. Rita, good morning. It was such an honor to meet you. I know you're listening. I know you are. Because Rita told me she listens every day. Starting with the Pledge of Allegiance with Noah. Rita is 97 years young. And when I tell you, and I use the word young, not old, young, vibrant, smart, just incredibly youthful, 97 god blessed wow it's amazing and it was an honor to meet you rita and i really enjoyed we had a great conversation and i really appreciate the opportunity to meet you rita and um thanks for listening we'll be back at 16 minutes past the hour don't go away oh if you get a chance i did text a copy to chris ford jr and asked him to share it with the family but if you get a moment Go to the app or the website, WPGTalkRadio.com. Rita, I want you to read it. You made you made it in print. You're in there. Uh, just my thoughts about Chris, his life, his incredibly modest ways. Just check it out. It's, it's, a, it's a good item. We'll be back. Don't go away. Green Tree Mortgage in the Malamut. Sean Hannity, this afternoon at 3. Now, early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. Welcome back. It's uh, almost 20 minutes past the hour. If you read the article that we've written about Chris, all of these details are in the article. But let me share with you, if you did not have the opportunity yesterday at any of the multiple visitations, there was a first visitation 2 to 4 p.m. Uh, yeah, 2 to 4 p.m. Margie and I went to that one. There was a second visitation from 6 to 8 p.m. last night. There is a third visitation this morning 
from 9 a.m. until 11 a.m. at St. Uh, Michael's Catholic Church in Atlantic City, 10 North Mississippi Avenue in Atlantic City. I talked to a good friend of mine last night who's going to that one this morning. Uh, and then uh, there will be a full Catholic Mass at St. Michael's Catholic Church uh, at 11 a.m. And then interment at 1.30 p.m. at Holy Cross Cemetery in Mays Landing. Uh, Chris Ford is getting exactly what he deserves, uh, an amazing send-off. Uh, I, I'd be hard-pressed. I looked at so many of the beautiful flowers that were sent and Michael Chait, who was a little bit in front of us, he was coming out. We were still on the line going in. We waited an hour. We got there 10 minutes before 2 o'clock and parked. And we still waited an hour uh, to get in. I mean, that's that's the level of respect and the turnout for Chris Ford. So we saw Michael Chait. He said, hey, take note of the... Um, the flowers and who they're from. So I see this beautiful rose and red roses and baby breath and just beautiful. Uh, And I look at the card and it has University of Indiana Hoosiers. And then it was just a who's who from there. Celtics and Sixers and Pistons. I mean, really incredible. Uh, But again, a a well-lived life. And what a what a unique story of someone so incredibly successful that never, ever spoke about himself. Always was about family and community. If you ever brought up something, hey, you hit the first three-point shot in NBA history, just deflected away like no big deal. Or you were head coach. You know, you were an NBA champion player. You played with Larry Bird and Kevin McHale and Danny Ainge and Robert Parrish and all these guys. Uh, and then you became the head coach of the Boston Celtics. Championship player, championship coach, storied career at Villanova, Holy Spirit before that, Hall of Fame all over the place. Never, ever spoke about himself it's really kind of it's kind of remarkable that right within our midst we had an absolute superstar who totally just integrated with his community never forgot where he came from and you just i can't explain it in the back of your mind you knew hey this guy was an nba great star and all that, but it just, he didn't carry himself that way. Always would ask how you are doing, how is your family doing? Every time I ever saw him, he would say, say hello to Margie. How's Noah doing? Say hello to your children. How are you? I mean, just always. The last time I saw Chris Ford, I could easily recreate the date. It was a Saturday. I want to say in the neighborhood of August 5th-ish. I don't know if it was the 5th or the 6th or somewhere close to that, but it was a Saturday night at the Gateway Playhouse in Summers Point, and Chris fell in love with local theater. I've been telling you, and I didn't know that. I mean, I knew it because I saw him there, but I told you in the last year I've fallen in love 
with local theater. And the last time I saw Chris was at the Gateway Playhouse, and it's the typical asking about you and say hello to Margie. And then he saw Margie was right there and hi, Margie, uh, you know, and knew that Noah was in the play and his granddaughter was in the play. I mean, it's just that was uh, Chicago and Bye Bye Birdie. So I know it was early August. That's the last time I saw in person. That's the last time I had spoken with Chris. So if you get a minute, check out the article. It's it's readable. Uh, and I felt really good about writing it. And we published it about 530-ish this morning. So since we last left you, they keep telling us that there's no more. There's no more. There's no more. No more classified documents. And it's so inadvertent that you shouldn't even think anything of it. What liars these people are. So now we find out that the DOJ spent 13 hours searching one of Biden's homes. And you have to, I'm telling you, they're so tricky, these liars. They say six items were found, not six documents, six items. I'm telling you, everything they say you have to believe is a lie or a trick or a cheat. So is a trunk of documents, that's one item. So we really don't know, except we now know that this is at least a fourth, I think it's five, batches of what they're trying to say, misplaced. You read these Democrat reports, misplaced documents. How are they misplaced? Aren't they exactly where they wanted them to be? How did they get there? What are you talking about misplaced and inadvertent? You see how Trump gets no benefit of the doubt, even though all his documents were locked up. Oh, would you just do us a favor? Put another lock on the door. Okay, they knew exactly where they were. Here's Biden. It's raining documents out of the sky. But it's inadvertent. I hear one after the other. Who was there was a high ranking elected official, uh, Senator Coons of Delaware. I just believe this is inadvertent. Oh, well, you just do? Good for you, you little jackass. Because guess what? That's not how the law reads. The law doesn't say anything about inadvertent. When the bank robber robs the bank, he didn't inadvertently rob it. I didn't mean to rob the bank. I don't know who put that money there. This is like I keep telling you. Biden is a spectator to his own life, his own presidency. I'm surprised. You're surprised? No, no. These documents are exactly where you wanted them to be. Because they're at your home. They're at your office. They're in your garage. Next to your Corvette. That your crack addict son was living there. And has been in the garage. Love to know what's in that box that says important documents. Love to know what's in there. This also was hilarious to me. Quote, unquote, DOJ prosecutors way searching Biden's Rehoboth home. Could I just pose an obvious question? What is there to weigh? Biden is at this point a serial 
classified document offender. You you have to look everywhere. Every home he has, every car he has, you you have to look everywhere. They're weighing. Isn't that great? They didn't weigh uh, the raid on Trump, did they? They just went and did it. But we keep being told by that that poor liar, that that awful example of a press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre. It's always the last. Yeah, that's it. We got them all. And this whole notion that Biden's lawyers are allowed to round it all up. Yeah, yeah. Just just get it all to us. It's all good. Just like they did with Hillary. Imagine, uh, hey, uh, Rudy Giuliani, could you go collect all the Trump documents? And we, we trust you. Just just get them to us. We don't have a two-tier. I did a monologue on this last week. If you missed it, I'll just tell you in brief. We don't have a two-tier system of justice. We have a two-party system of justice. Republicans get treated one way with raids like Stone and um, who's that poor guy? Uh, Navarro, uh, Trump. You get raided. The other side just, yeah, yeah, you just just round it all up. And we know you're going to use pickaxes and bleach bit but you know throw what throw away what you want get us what you want we're good no problem yeah we'll have your lawyers who are witnesses and prospective persons of interest we'll we'll let them in when we when we talk to you if we talk to you at all and here with trump whether it's flynn or anybody else manafort they're looking to invent and create process crimes and then charge you with things no one's ever been charged with threatened to, to criminally charge your son I'm telling you right now, this crap has to stop. This weaponizing of every single system we have is such a threat to our freedom. I mean, this is turning out to be not a free country anymore when they can sick the IRS or who knows who else on you. They'll find what you do for a living and whatever the worst pain they can throw at you. They'll come at you. And take you down, bankrupt you, take your freedom, whatever they can do. This has to stop. But dear DOJ, prosecutors, how about shut up with the we're weighing whether to search Biden's Rehoboth home? Look, I don't know. And I, I don't trust these people. I think they've thrown stuff away and all kinds of stuff. Remember, when they say they're cooperating, you believe the opposite. They're not cooperating. They just have the other side. The the prosecutors and all of them are on their side. So they get away. Oh, yeah, they're very different between Trump and Biden. Uh, Biden's cooperating. I don't see any cooperation. They say they turned everything over and they didn't. How's that cooperating? And what prosecutors would usually do, well, look what we found here. We better go to this house. We're weighing whether to go to Rehoboth House. Oh, really? It's funny. I knew when I heard that Biden was going to Rehoboth and not going to where he usually goes, I should have picked up that that's because 
his home, the other home, is a crime scene. Biden shouldn't be allowed to be in any of those places until the Department of Justice goes through all of them. But they treat it like no problem. No problem at all. Looky here. Nothing to see here. Move on. Move along. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. And it's Harry Hurley with three stories that you can follow on our WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. My thoughts about the life of Chris Ford. I want you to read it. It's a beautiful piece. Not because I wrote it, but because of who I wrote it about. United States Congressman Jeff Van Drew is moving his district office. Guess who gets to break the news? Your guy. That's right, me. And an inappropriate Atlantic City newspaper headline about Jerry Blavitt. We From the Townsquare, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zaro. As low pressure pulls away, our latest batch will come to an end, eventually, and chilly air will be dragged into New Jersey, too. Rain drizzle continue until sometime this afternoon. Turning windy, turning colder, high of only 43. Clouds break apart tonight, low 31, the wind chill dipping deep into the 20s. A dry weather day tomorrow, partly sunny and blustery, high temperature around 48 degrees. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Democrats predicted an early in the morning. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. Healthy life. From the world's playground. This is Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you very much. 38 minutes past the hour on the Hurley in the Morning program. Uh, interesting feedback. I was checking out some of my, you might have heard the phone, this uh this new iPhone 14, it doesn't matter how low I, I turn it down. When I get these notices that are sent to me, I mean, it, it is so loud, startling almost. And the, the, I just like the chime. So I've stayed with that. And it is so loud now. So anyhow, I was checking out some of your comments. And even Democrats. Now, Coons is the Delaware senator and, you know, a little bit, a little bit of total home cooking there. But when he, you know, trying to write it all off as inadvertent, which is silly because nothing about the law in terms of having classified documents that you shouldn't have. And and keep in mind, Trump is in a different boat. He was the president. Biden was not the president. He had no right to any of those documents. Trump could take any document and put it in his back pocket, wrinkle up in a ball, stuff it in his pants like Sandy Burglar. And just say, I declassify this. Stick it in his pants. Biden can't do that. Biden has all these documents. And he's going to, at some point, be held accountable. Now, they may decide to not criminally charge. I don't think that Biden is going to be criminally charged. But I do believe it makes it impossible now. I know it's two different special counsels. But you cannot charge Trump criminally and not charge Biden. Now, I know we're living in a bizarre world, so anything is possible. But, yeah, that's a that's another just important distinction that Trump was the president. Biden was not the president. He can't say I declassified them. You know, and I have them for this reason. This is why he has to play the 
uh, I, I'm a stranger to all this. Yeah, it's in my house. I don't believe it. Yeah, I have my Corvette. It's right in the box next to the Corvette. But we have a lock on the door. You know how many times you've seen that, whether it's Jay Leno and they're riding in the Corvette together. I mean, that garage door is open. I guarantee you. How many people do you know like this? A friend of mine is listening right now who has a, a, a neighbor like this. The gar- And I do, too. The garage door is open all day long. If you notice, now I don't use our garage this way, but there are many people that the garage is, they hang out there, uh, have chairs in there, TVs even, you know, work work areas. Just have the door open. And it's just a, a place you go in and out of. I go into the garage when I want something and then I shut the door. And it comes down and locks. But that garage door is open all the time. I've seen so much video of that garage door open. And imagine that this guy was vice president of the United States and now the president. And for all these years, he has these documents completely unsecure after just being incredulous with with that uh, 60 Minutes interview. Ripping Trump. Trump had them all in the same area, all locked up. This guy's got them raining out of the sky, out of his out of his hiney hole. They're all over the place. But no, there's no comparison, no comparison between Biden and Trump. Yeah, I would agree with that. What Biden has done is at a level that is far beyond President Trump. So keep in mind, every day we come back, I have to tell you that more classified documents have been found. So they've done some polling. This is an Ipsos poll. And it goes to show you that no matter what, there's about 30-some percent of just flat-out wackadoos. Because 64% of the American people surveyed. Now, this was conducted January 20th to January 21st. The number of respondents, I can't find any tabulars on it. They're hiding that out. But the number of respondents, and I don't know if they were likely voters, registered voters, persons, but they polled 532 respondents. They say the poll has a 95% confidence level. 64% of respondents believe that President Joe Biden has mishandled classified documents and that it is wrong. And here's the difference. The same poll found that 77% of respondents believe that former President Donald Trump mishandled classified documents upon exiting his term. But I would say to that, that's the difference between Republicans are more honest. I'm just I'm not being political. It's just true. Republicans are more brutally honest in these polls than Democrats are. They lie. Democrats lie. So it always cooks the books and and affects the numbers. And also the the voluminous millions of dollars 
in market saturation level, negative, hyper negative publicity about Trump, as opposed to Biden, where they usually begin with uh, Joe Biden's surprise. More documents have been found and it's it's inadvertent. He did. He didn't mean it. They just want to explain it away. Biden himself said there's no there there. How do you say that? There's no there there. There's a ton of there there. There's there 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 there. It's all over the place. No there there. They lied to us from the beginning. They knew about these classified documents before election day. We don't get told again. But I'm telling you, the Democrat media, they want to take Biden down. They don't want him to run again. He was their useful idiot, the empty vessel to get rid of Trump. They don't want him because they're the ones that are also aggressively reporting on this. I mean, you have multiple Democrats like Senator Dick Durbin and others. They're coming at Biden hard on this. MSNBC even. NBC, CBS, New York Times. The only thing I'm waiting for is because I really believe in fairness. I want the 3D model. I want them to reenact all these documents in the garage and, and do a 3D model of all the classified documents. Spread them out all over the floor like you did with President Trump. You know, those documents were never like that. They, that was that was our FBI, our Justice Department, these slime bags masquerading as law enforcement that are nothing more than Democrat politicians abusing their offices that spread all that stuff out. And, and anybody, look, you got to understand, I know I preach to the choir. You're the most plugged in people in the country. Most people don't follow stuff like we do. So if they see some 3D model, they look at all this. That is they make a big deal of. With Biden, we don't know were these documents. I don't think they were in those red bordered folders, the classified folders. They, they won't tell us. Trump, we know. It's such a two party just you should be terrified. And and if we really knew, we think we know if we really knew how insidious this all is. We'd really have something to be concerned about. But six, uh, 36 percent of respondents don't think that Biden has mishandled documents even though it's incontrovertible that they've been finding them every day. Every time you look, they find more. Here they are, all here. We, we looked everywhere. It's all here. Okay, well, let's, let's take a look. Hey, look, we found all this again and again and again. But 36% don't think he mishandled documents. If you're one of the 36 out of 100, you are sick. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. We're investing. When you need to know, it's WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. Nine minutes before the top of the hour. Wide open forum coming up. 
in the next hour, 609-407-1450. Phone lines will be open. Very interested in hearing what's on your mind. There's so much that's going on. It's just it's just incredible. I, I don't know what to um, what to think about it sometimes. I talk about the speed of life. I mean, there's just so much happening. You just can't keep up with it. It's 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 incredible. I try to catalog this stuff. It's it's, it's humanly impossible. You need Big Blue, the IBM computer, to uh, to do this. It's just it's very very challenging. Here's something you can always count on: when people get killed, scumbag Democrats immediately race to frame it in a narrative that they can try to achieve political gain. For example. The gunman that killed 10 people and injured 10 others at Southern California in that ballroom dance studio. There was a Lunar New Year celebration going on. They have a picture of this now dead lunatic. Weirdo, to say the least. Just just the hat. Get up. Weirdo. So this happens. And instead, we still don't know. A day plus later, we still don't know any motive. But that doesn't stop Chucky Schumer and Adam Schiff for brains. That doesn't stop these these idiots from immediately blaming it on bigotry. Now, you know what they're trying to do there. Before we even know what happened. It's terrible. They're terrible. And they're never going to stop. They, they think they're on to something. That they can get away with this. That they can lie. That they can do whatever they want. And never have to explain. Never get corrected. Just immediately blame and create a false narrative. I mean, a really, I think a really good approach would be you mourn for those who have been killed. You pray for the injured and their families and for the families that lost their loved ones. And you wait and see what the investigation yields. Then if there is bigotry or any other causation, you know, you, 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 Comment at that time. But they're always in the fire, not ready, not aim game. And this is what they do. This I thought was pretty um, entertaining. Uh, The prime minister, Ron Klain, will be leaving. Don't know if you heard that, but he's leaving. And they already know that this guy, Zeintz, Jeff Zeintz, He's the former White House coronavirus response coordinator. He will be the chief of staff. And Democrat losers, they're crushing this guy over his massive wealth. See, for them, they love the fact that somebody like Barack Obama, Michelle Obama, come into office with no net worth whatsoever to speak of. Nothing. And now are worth who knows hundreds of millions of dollars. They love that Al Gore was worth very little and now is worth $300 million. See, they like that. 
But if you've made it in the business world, this is somehow for these crazy socialist Democrats. That's a problem. Success in business, amassing massive wealth in the private sector, these lunatic socialist Democrats, they make that a negative. But coming in broke as a joke and then leveraging your public position to become infinitely wealthy, that's to be admired. Tell me they're not sick. So they they hate this guy because he made money. Aren't they amazing? That's the way they play. And another day and another revelation about this George Santos. I don't know what's going to happen with this guy. I don't know if he's going to get kicked out, if they're just going to let him uh, – serve the two years and then he gets beaten in a Republican primary. I mean, this guy's going to be gone sooner or later. But now he's explaining that he's not a drag queen. He was just having fun. He he did acknowledge the thing I will give this guy is he's really fantastical when he's caught. He cops to it, basically. I mean, he seems to have lied about a lot. But he just comes out and says, yeah, those photos are authentic. It's me. But it's not what you think. I'm just wearing women's clothing. The photos are authentic. I'm not a drag queen, though. I was just young and having fun at a festival. Because that's what I guess people like him do. And this one also caught my eye. Nancy Pelosi summoned priests to her home to exercise evil. How about that? Quote, unquote, the New York Times reports that former House Speaker Nancy Pelosi summoned priests to rid her San Francisco abode of evil spirits after a hammer-wielding man attacked her husband. I don't want to talk about the circumstances about that because I don't know what I don't know. But what I do know is wherever this Pelosi is concerned, whether it was the drinking and driving and all that, we never get to see the videos of this guy. Like I've read a lot about this case. That the these the alleged hammer wielding man. Answered the door when the police came. And. Pelosi's husband wasn't hit with the hammer at the time the police got there. I just would love to know why they never tell us what happened with these things. And Republicans could never get away with this. You just couldn't. Freedom of information requests and all kinds of pressure would be brought to bear. Bill Donahue, president of the Catholic League, urged the former House Speaker to seek help, quote, from a psychiatrist. Quote, the woman is positively conflicted.
she wears her Catholicism on her sleeve while basically sticking her middle finger at the Catholic Church every opportunity she has. If it's genuine, she needs psychiatric help. And if it's not, it's another example of Nancy Pelosi exploiting the Catholic Church for her own personal gain. Pretty good comment. Hey, this much I know. I'm really looking forward to what's going to be taking place in just a few minutes. Uh, Very simple. When we're in open forum, it's all about you. It's all about what you want to talk about. And all you have to do is call me right now at 609-407-1450. And Rita, 97 years young. Thanks for listening to Hurley in the Morning. It was so nice to meet you yesterday. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a Town Square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. Welcome back. Six minutes past the hour. Uh, if you love Gary's Restaurant the way that I love Gary's Restaurant, I have really good news. More Gary's Restaurant. Gary Field, effective right now. The doors have been open for seven minutes. No longer closed on Mondays. The only day of the week that Gary's Restaurant is closed now, effective immediately, is Tuesday. I know what happens. You're just used to something. So I know because I've had people call me, oh, I went and it was closed. I said, all right, so you went on a Monday or a Tuesday. Now, only Tuesday. So 7 a.m. to 4 p.m., the full menu, the wonder, and it's expanded. There's new items. Uh, look at the, the glass uh, refrigerated um, display cabinet or refrigerator where you with the glass uh, front. Oh, I have to stand corrected on that. I don't even know how this technology works. There's no glass at all. And yet, if you look at the thermometer right in the case, it's unbelievable. In the 30s, like 38 degrees or something, there's all these wonderful desserts, cheesecake and rice pudding and all these wonderful desserts. You can get them to go. Certainly, you can have them when you're sitting there dining, but you can also get them to go. They're already packaged ready to go to take out. And I'm, I'm thinking that there's a glass door. There's no door at all. It, it's, it's amazing. The uh, I, I think about when you're talking about cooling with, with no door front. It's an amazing technology. Uh, so it's all right there. Uh, check it out. The, the menu is expanded. So breakfast, lunch, eat and take out, all, all of that. And of course, the... Uh, the expansion into the wonderful desserts that Gary is doing. Gary's Restaurant. New Road in Pleasantville, right next to the Super Wawa. If you've come from Northfield to Pleasantville, and if you're at Holy Spirit High School, for example, you just went just a little bit too far, back up, and then it would be on your right side, but it would be on the left uh, as you're going from Northfield towards Epsecon in Pleasantville. 7 a.m., to 4 p.m. every day of the week except Tuesday. So Gary's is open uh, 
if you haven't made breakfast or lunch plans, head over there today to Gary's restaurant and tell Gary that I sent you Hurley in the morning. Welcome to Hurley in the morning. You're on the air. Hey, good morning, Harry. Jam and Jack. Hey, Jam and Jack. Very sad over the death of the egg eater, Jer- Jerry Blavitt. That's what I, I want to talk about. He, uh, there would have been no Jam and Jack if it wasn't for the eater. I worked with him uh, many, many years ago at Memories in Margate. He always gave me uh, great advice, and uh, I would say he's the godfather of the DJs. Yeah, he's. There's no doubt. There, he's the he's the last of his of his era of his of his style. Uh, there's just nobody can do what he did. We honored him with two different uh, articles that we've written, and we did on-air commentary as well. Jam and Jack, uh, I'm going to miss Jerry. Uh, he was a good friend, and he was generous. You, you raise a very good point. He was very generous. I think oh, because he, he, he was. If he, if he he liked you, I only regret that I didn't get to go see him because I'm you know you get busy with your own jobs and career and you know he was open in the summer and I'm super busy. Uh, I always said I got to go because I knew he was getting older. I said I got to go see Jerry before he he passes away, and I regret that I never got back the memories. Yeah, his thing was he knew people like Ed Hurst and others that were very very instrumental in his success. He paid it forward, he, and, and you, you've acknowledged this too, Jam and Jack. He was generous he, he, with other people. He, 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 he did. He, he, you could, uh, a lot of people were jealous of his success. I, I don't get me. I, I say you learn from successful people, you know. I took what I learned from him and the DJ, and you put your own spin on There's only one, Jerry Blavis, you put your own, but he taught me a lot, a lot about oldies. I was a young kid when I got hooked up to him, and he, he pretty much taught me everything I know about the oldies. See, he yeah. also, he got away with things that no DJ could get away with today. You, there's nobody talking over songs, singing with the song, clap your hands, clap your hands. He would start singing the song. He would talk over the song. I mean, not not just like if there was some instrumental in the beginning and lead into the song. Uh, he did things that break every rule, but it was his, it was his shtick, and people loved it. Yes, all we can do now, Harry, we, we got to keep the music alive in his memory. You know, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, uh, when I go back on the air in the spring, I'm going to dedicate one of my live radio dance parties to his memory. Very nice. Very fitting. Yeah, I had to, I took, a, you know, I do all internet radio now. I have a thing on on Saturday nights, and I've been very successful with that. A lot of a lot of great listeners. I had to take a little hiatus this winter because I'm dealing with some health issues myself. Nothing like the, what that poor guy went through, but and I had to take some time to deal with it. <laughs> well, you sound strong. You sound good. Yeah, you know, and uh, there'll never be another. Cl- I worked in many great dance clubs over the years, but there was never one quite like Memories and Margate. I mean, they were the nicest people, you know, that I ever worked with. All the people that worked there and the customers that that, that came in there, and uh, you know, I saw there some people out there now. They're they're bad mouthing Jerry. I'm like, man, that's like kicking the family in the teeth when they're down. Like, wow. what's the matter with these? People? Hey, let me tell you something. Anybody who bad mouths anyone who passes away that that's as low as it gets oh my gosh i didn't even know anything like that was going on by the way i don't want to focus on those scumbags because anybody does that there's a special place waiting for them and it's it's rather warm uh 
I remember I wasn't a frequent patron, but I remember Mama Geeter in the kitchen. I was talking oh, about this on Friday. Her unbelievable roast pork sandwiches that were addictive. Oh, yeah. oh what a cook. Oh, man, she would get insulted if you didn't eat. You had to eat when she she was cooking. She'd bring you the the, the food. And, I, man, I, I, I used to dance with her at, at Memories. We had a good time with Mom McGeeter back in the day. Like I said, there's no other place like that. Well, yeah. I, I'm happy to say I did, not, I did not disappoint her then because I ate and I ate and I ate. <laughs> I couldn't stop eating those. They were a perfect um, brioche roll. They were like sliders. And you just – they were just perfect. Every time, flavor, texture. She made the everything. greatest meat. Do you ever have her? Yes. Ever have her meatballs yes. and all that and her sauce. Oh my God, she made some good stuff. No yeah. doubt, all good, all real yeah. good. Yeah, it was all. It, 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 it was all great, and, you know. Jerry always gave me a lot of good advice how to deal with radio stations and all. He didn't hold nothing back. He, he told it like it was, and you know, and uh, you know he and, and it, but every you, know, you get older, you realize everything he said, he was spot on about it. Yeah, look, he knew the business from the early years, so he knew he knew yeah. how to navigate it all. And I've heard some so many other DJs, you know, since he, he, he passed away that I worked with at Memories uh, years ago. Just about anybody that's ever been successful in the business started out with, with the Gator. He trained, you know, he, 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 you know, he paved the way for a lot of other people, and he was very gracious. He would encourage you to go out and do things on your own. Because he was never threatened by anybody else. He had a following that you couldn't chip his following away if you tried. If you tried, you'd get crushed because people would just look at you sideways. Like, what are you even trying to do? You know, his his fan base, his listeners were as loyal as you will find in this business. Yeah, they, they were. You, you, you. You're right. And there's a guy that bought more airtime on radio than anybody in history. He was just on so many stations. I mean, it's amazing what he was able to do. Well, that's and that's the way he did it. It, it, it Then he was not working for a station. Uh, it was his brand and he had contracted the, the time. So he was not bound by any uh, any station norms or format or that's why he could step on songs and sing with the, the song i mean he did what he wanted to do he told he told me he told me years ago he says oh jack my man he says never work for a radio station he says always get your own sponsors and you know buy your own airtime then you can do what you want they can't tell you and that's what i've always done i've never worked for radio stations i followed his advice <laughs> well it's Good to talk to you, Jam and Jack. You know, if you look at the clock, you know what I got to do right now. So I will leave you. Yeah, you got to go and uh, yeah, that's right, and pay some bills. Nice talking to you. I Good. mean, we we've lost Kenny last year, Jeremiah. I mean, we're losing a lot of great people every year. I got a couple of dear friends that I communicate with every single day, and we've been saying that every day. I mean, I know we're all getting older, but every day, and I know it's part of this, you know, life. I think Don had it. My brother had a really good line. He said, we're all born terminally ill. Uh, it just seems like I know this sounds like a ridiculous statement, but it just seems like so many people are dying lately. Just feels yeah, that it, way. It, it, it does. Yeah, 
it it does seem that way. And a lot of the a uh, lot of the artists, you know, that made the music, they, yeah. they were losing a lot of them too lately. You know, yeah, that's exactly. what it is. Everybody's everybody's getting older. It's like the the music I played was, you know, every you know from the oldies to the disco stuff. I mean, everybody's just old and older now, and that's uh, you know fact of life that everybody's going to pass away. You know, all well, of us. It's good to talk to you, Jam and Jack. Let's keep in touch, my friend. All right. Good to hear all you. All right. Have a great day, Harry. You too, my friend. Right, bye. Bye now. 17 minutes past the hour. Don't go away on the phone lines. We're going to be right back. You'll be next. Don't go away. And you're right after that. We have an open phone line at 609-407-1450. It is the Hurley in the Morning program. Here is my friend, Sean Hannity. Turn up your radio. Here's the Sean Hannity Morning Minute. You know, we spent $61 million on this World Economic Forum. Well, what did we learn this week beyond the fact that Al Gore thinks that the oceans are boiling and we have rain bombs out there in the world? Uh, here you have former British Prime Minister Tony Blair saying there needs to be a global database for vaccinations. Hey, Tony, go jump in a lake and we're paying for this crap. Why are we paying for this crap? You have one one speaker calling for a billion people to stop eating meat for innovation in the environment. Uh, meanwhile, they got a thousand private jets there. No, I wouldn't care about the. I don't care about the private jet. If you if you're not a hypocrite telling me not to eat meat, I eat paleo. All I eat is meat. Check out the Sean Hannity Radio Show later today, right here. Do you have more than $50,000 saved for retirement that you can't afford to lose? Biden's pro-inflation White House sent billions to Ukraine, burying U.S. in national debt, while doing nothing to stop inflation and help our own country. Can your retirement survive crippling inflation and growing debt at the same time? If you have $50,000 or more saved for retirement, heed the warnings. Do something to protect yourself now. That's why, right now, thousands of Americans are using an IRS loophole to protect their retirement savings from everything that's going on. So call 855-815-GOLD to get your free IRS loophole kit and see how you could protect your retirement savings while getting up to $10,000 in free silver for doing it. We could be looking at a future worse than 2008. So don't wait. Call Gold Co. today. Call 855-815-GOLD. That's 855-815. We're investing. Hey, Sean Hannity here. Join me this afternoon at 3. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. Welcome back. 609-407-1450. Open phone line. Welcome to Hurley in the morning. You're on the air. Good morning, Harry. How you doing? Very well. Thank you. Okay. Like you brought up earlier about uh, Pelosi. Uh, I feel the same way about uh, Murphy. He is pro-choice, pro-abortion, but yet he uh, masquerades as a Catholic. And I cannot figure out how come that uh, Archbishop of San Francisco or whoever banned Pelosi from receiving communion, but the uh, same rank or Archbishop of New Jersey refuses or won't do the same to Murphy. Now I've called his I've called the Archbishop's office several times on this issue. I was always a gentleman and yet I get the church runaround. And I says, Well, 
you know, the Archbishop over in San Fran barred uh, Pelosi from communion. Why can't you do the same to Murphy? Would you believe it fell on deaf ears? And I, I even said, is the uh, Archbishop on the state payroll or the... The, uh, the governor has something on him, or what's the problem here? Well, he, here's the problem. The archbishop of whatever diocese, diocese they have tremendous power. Uh, we have a more liberal pope now than with Pope Benedict or popes before that. So you see a lot of that. Uh, Joe Biden has not been denied uh, communion. So you have some oh, that, that so you have some that will deny it, and then you have others that will not, and it's it's really it's like everything else. It's political. It's philosophical. Some just look at it differently and don't think that that a um, a Catholic should be uh, denied. Uh, obviously, that that that's outside the boundaries of the teachings of the Catholic Church, but does not appear to be though under the current Pope. Well, it really breaks your heart when these things happen. When you, when you, when your church condones this, these kinds of actions, and they look the other way, it breaks. It breaks my heart. You yeah, know. Sure. Well, look, we have, have a vi- we have a vice. Thanks, you, Peter. We have a vice president who spoke yesterday that was directly quoting from the Declaration of Independence and left out life. She said the Declaration of Independence entitles us to. Uh, she leaves out life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. But she leaves out life. Then you have people like this this loser, Andrea Mitchell. A reporter was quoting someone who said something about being pro-life. She stops the, the person in their tracks and says, that is a slur. Pro-life is a slur. How How is pro-life a slur? But pro-choice is beautiful. They, they they try to co-opt the English language. And it's unbelievable. Change what the words mean. Pro-choice. Why aren't you anti-life? Or pro-abortion. But they get they get their phrases and their terms. You just can't have yours. Your calls continue in this order right after the break. You'll be next, and you'll be right after that. We have an open phone line at 609-407-1450. If you're dealing, and you can tell we had a lot of water over the past day. I caught a little window with no rain uh, when I came in long ago. But there's rain possibly at certain percentages in the forecast, even for a bit of today. But there was a lot of rain over the past day. So, you know, if you have water in the basement, you can look at the foundation and see if you see cracks. If you have mold, a real telltale, and don't mess with that. That's very, very unhealthy. Call my friend Brian. Easiest way is just go to perfectbasement.com. Seek out Brian. Tell Brian that I sent you early in the morning. And they will come check it out. They'll tell you if those cracks are superficial, no problem, uh, if they need to be sealed, if, if that is a foundation issue. They can tell you everything you need to know 
about a water problem or water damage. Sometimes people get water damage and they'll cut the sheetrock at a certain height and then just fill fill the part in at the bottom. Uh, sometimes you need to just, if it's wicked, you, and you, you just need to, to tear it all out. Or you just, you'll constantly have problems in terms of the quality of the air and other issues. It gets mushy, sheetrock, if it gets wet, it's, it's, it's no go, no go, no good. On the web at perfectbasement.com. Tell Brian that early in the morning sent you to Perfect Basement, perfectbasement.com. We'll be right back. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. And this is Harry Hurley with three stories that you can follow right now on the WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. My thoughts about the life of Chris Ford. Check it out. I think it's very nice. United States Congressman Jeff Andrew is moving his district office. We have the scoop. We have broken the news first, which you know I love to do. And we called out an inappropriate Atlantic City Daily newspaper headline about the late, great Jerry Blavitt. And a lot of people seem to agree with us. From the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. Coastal flood advisory in effect until early afternoon. A tidal guidance just barely above flood stage, but that's enough for vulnerable spots to see some high water. Just be careful out there. Rain and drizzle will continue until sometime this afternoon, turning windy later today. High of only 43. Clouds break apart tonight, low 31. Partly sunny, blustery tomorrow. High temperature around 48. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. They say they'll get early in the morning. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. Set the first button on your car radio for South Jersey's talk station. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hey, thank you for that. It is 33 minutes past the hour. Welcome. Oh, hold on. You're going to be next. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Good morning, Harry. It's a great day in Brigantine. Thank you for mentioning that. Uh, your, <laughs> your previous caller, was it Paul? Uh, Jam and Jack, the, you mean? The gentleman talking. No, no, no. The, 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 oh, the no, gentleman. no, no, no. The previous caller was Peter. Peter, I'm sorry, not Paul. Yeah, no, Peter and Paul. You I, know, I, right I knew you were going to go there. there. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> uh, yes, I, I, it's, I, I can't resist. I can't help myself. I know. So anyway, um, uh, I agree with I, I agree with Peter and what I said at the time because when uh, Francis uh, became Pope and I started seeing what he was doing, uh, I said that Pope Francis is to uh, Roman Catholicism what Barack Obama is to uh, conservatism. Um, it, it, it's like a, a perfect storm. And uh, I, I know Pope Francis has gone on record um, about, uh, about, well, who am I to judge, he would say. Who am I to judge? Well, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of green between judging and following church tenet. Uh, you know, my grandmother... Um, God rest her soul. My grandmother was divorced back in the 1930s. And this was when you didn't get divorced. And so you were not allowed to receive communion. My grandmother literally for decades never took communion. And one day she was 
and she sat in the back of the church. And one day the priest came up to her and he said, why don't you ever come up for communion? And she said to him, because I'm divorced. And they told me that I wasn't allowed. He said to her, you go and receive communion. So from that point on, she did. But that that's an aside. But 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 believe me, it's it's politics and it's money. That's why you never see these so-called Catholic politicians being held to account, especially if they're very, very high up on the food chain like Pelosi or Biden or Murphy. So that's not why I called. Did you hear what uh, you were talking about pro-life a few minutes ago? Yeah. Did you hear? Uh, did you hear what uh, Kamala Harris said over the weekend in a speech, an abortion rights speech, or, or more importantly, did you hear what she didn't say? Yeah, I, I, I guess you weren't listening. Maybe you just called in cold. Uh, I just did it minutes. You were on hold. I think I just did a whole piece on it. Yeah, that she left life. I had to run in. I that's left. A, no, that's okay. She left life out of the declaration. You, you, we have the right to pursue liberty and happiness but we're we don't have the right to life liberty in the pursuit of happiness yeah she left life out because these democrats these socialist democrats life is a bad word i even went as far as to say that andrea mitchell stopped one of nbc's own reporters in their tracks who was merely quoting someone who said that they were pro-life stop that that's a slur you can't say that pro-life is a slur but pro-choice, though, is beautiful. You see, I I heard I heard what you said about Andrea Mitchell. I missed the, the Kamala yeah. Harris. Yeah, well, and that was the lead-in, so you missed it by seconds. As Maxwell Smart would say, missed it by that much. Exactly. Okay, so one one of two things, Harry: either Kamala Harris doesn't know, you know, the thing, yeah, or. She intentionally left it out, and I know she intentionally left it out because she's basically just reading what they put in front of her. This is not a mistake, Harry. This, and, and I'll tell you the other thing. You she- could tell I had the, the vantage point. I had read it first in print. Then this morning at like 3.30, I watched her say it. You could see her wheels, and she's not very bright. Her wheels were turning and she was very deliberate and making sure that she left it out. You could see it, that, that vacuum space between two ears churning as fast as it could uh, to, to, to know what to say and what not to say. Well, yeah. And, and the other thing that she did say that had me boiling was she was vehement about how we should not have the government telling us what we can do with our bodies. What about the damn COVID vaccine, you stupid dolt? Yeah, well, they, they listen, they don't care about being hypocritical. They, they go from issue to issue like they never said the other. And, I, and I'm going to tell you, too, Harry, because they were talking about this over the weekend about, you know, Roe v. Wade and... Uh, states' rights and all of that. You know, the one thing I've always heard from liberal women is they didn't want a bunch of old men telling them what they could do with their bodies. Well, isn't that what happened in 1973? A bunch of old men told women what they could do with their bodies. But see, back then, they didn't mind old men telling them what they could do with their bodies because they, they gave them 
abortion, which is what they wanted. But but now, so so why aren't they celebrating? Why aren't they celebrating now that it's no longer a bunch of old white men telling them what they can do with their bodies? It's going back to the states where they where these liberal women actually have an opportunity to vote in their states, whether they want it or not. It's now really their choice. So it's, if they're pro-choice, they should be celebrating the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Because right, it, because it wasn't about whether a state could have abortion rights. It was that it was unconstitutional the way that it was done. And, and even liberals on the, on the court knew Ruth Bader Ginsburg knew it was unconstitutional and others that are on the court know that it was unconstitutional. It merely needed to be challenged. It's not even just the composition of this particular Supreme Court. Now, of course, if you had five, you know, raging liberals, then then they would have kept it. But it was unconstitutional. It's a state's rights issue. The lies that had been told to make it seem like it was something it wasn't helped them electorally. I really do believe that but was completely intellectually dishonest because it merely referred the matter to the states. That's still lost on many people. People think that that something, a right, was taken away that was just merely sent to the states as a state's rights issue, that it was not a federal issue. It's not in the Constitution. It's not... It's not a federal rights issue. It's a state's issue. We will have states where it will be uh, open season to, to almost any. You got these these lunatics that, that want if a baby's born alive by after they try to kill the baby. They want to be able to kill the baby alive. Born Alive Act, it's called. Obama voted for it in the Illinois State Senate. He's one of the most radical people in the history of the republic. Uh, but it was merely referred to the state's. But go try to tell that to the peanut gallery that lies with great regularity about this. I've got to run to the break. Good conversation. You'll be next right after the break. Don't go away. It's the Hurley in the Morning program at almost 42 minutes past the hour. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins. CNN now is mulling over a venture into late night comedy. Hmm. They are talking to the likes of Arsenio Hall, John Stewart, giving their primetime has been offering laughs for years. I don't know what the difference would be. So this would run right against Gutfeld? Against Gutfeld, yeah. ESPN is perhaps going to shift to soap operas now, too. <laughs> Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins. Weekday afternoons at 1 on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 healthy life. Hi, it's Mark Levin. Join me this evening at 6. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you very much. Welcome back. 47 minutes past the hour. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Good morning, Harry. <clears throat> um, Rick Santoro here. Hey, I had Rick. a couple comments about uh, um, things that were that were covered. The first one is I absolutely agreed with your commentary about how uh, Jerry Blavitt's death was mentioned in the press, and it's it's a sad it's a sad state of affairs what has happened to the press over the years and print media. Back in the day, and you know, twenty years ago maybe or more, the press was a highly respected um, organization that had such so many levels of. Um, editorial control and real uh, strong seasoned executives that helped the 
people that provided content and edited. And Rick, let, let me give you a quick example. I worked for great people like Chuck Reynolds when I was 18 to 20 years old before I left for the Golden Nugget. Chuck Reynolds had a DUI, and there was discussion. I remember it vividly. There was discussion about, hey, look, we, we can just leave this out. Or, you know, there's a thing in the newspaper business. There's a place where you can place an article, and it's almost invisible. I can't explain it. you got to know it to know it. But there's places you can actually hide. It's like in there, but you, you don't see it. It's, it's one of those weird things. It's almost like I don't even know what to call it, atmospherics or something. Chuck Reynolds, and I'll never forget, his quote was, because the story, I wasn't there when it happened in real time, but it, he, it was recounted to me. He said, not only will you not do that, not only will it be reported, it will be reported on the front page of the paper. That's how the paper used to be run, Rick. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, the 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 I can't lump all reporters and all people that provide, you know, that do this work for, for barely any money into one category. But I think when they strafed all the leadership and really reduced and cut back and cut back and yeah. cut back, it's almost like the reporters are, are like amongst themselves just trying to put the content up for the deadline. Well, here's the thing that people may not understand. The press had to sell their buildings so they don't even have offices. It used to be self-contained. I was there for two years. I know how we used to put out the paper. You had all these editors that Rick is talking about. You then had copy editors. And any article that we wrote, even when I was writing in the sports department, somebody read your article, one of your colleagues, and made edits if something wasn't right. Uh, so nothing got in without... Um, checks and balances now they're all over the place they're not within one building that's why i was very kind to buzz keogh who i think is a good man uh and he's been there for 40 plus years i've known him since he was the ventner beat reporter and he was fair then and he's fair now vince jackson i don't like his work uh but he didn't write the headline either i exonerate him in my piece whoever wrote that headline that was a terrible thing that they did yeah, and we have to pick, like, you know, look, I love reading the New York Post. I love reading other papers. I'm still, you know, read paper, newspapers a lot. And that that's another issue that a good percentage of the population still exclusively relies on the print media and the, and the paper. Few, but, but, Rick, fewer and fewer. Fewer and fewer. Yeah, I mean, there, there are millions, part of my article I write, there are many millions of Americans that have never touched a physical newspaper in their lives and never will. Yeah, and it may be the only way to get other opinions. My dad, a blue-collar, hard-working, blue-collar guy, he read numerous papers, you know, as a, as a blue-collar working guy, and he said, look, you have to get different it's amazing how different stories are reported how different facts are spun and somewhere in the middle lies the truth and you have to have different sources so look at look at president trump you you have this experience yourself 
There was hell to pay if we did not, if he did not have six newspapers <laughs> outside of his door between five and six in the morning. And we had to have backups for that. He read the Times, the Wall Street Journal, the Asbury Park Press, the, the Atlantic City Press, our press. Uh, Philadelphia Inquirer, we had to have a stack there that he devoured. I think he transitioned over watching a, lo a lot of stuff on, on news and 24-hour news channels. But, boy, there was if, if he didn't have those papers, and then when he came out, when he popped out of that room at 7 in the morning, um, you know, he was already uh, informed like that with, with ripped-out articles yep. in his hand. And As you know, a voracious reader, and a lot of people don't know that, he gets put down – uh, on on these things that people don't even know what they're talking about. He was a voracious reader. And, and even the Sunday Times, he would shred yeah. that. That took a little bit longer. But that was like, you know, he came out, that was the only day of the week he came out a little bit later in the morning. Maybe nine, maybe, was the, you know, the latest for him to leave and actually come out and start walking around. And he was working before that, but he would appear around nine. That was completely torn up and, and shredded, you know. And, and you, you know, also, if there was an article that he wanted to comment on, he would write the author a note, you know, a nice note, personal note. You knew it came directly from him in his black Sharpie, as you know. And he did that with great regularity. And sometimes not so nice. Of yeah, well, there's no question. You know, yours truly was the one that I would have to I would have to suspend certain newspapers uh, a couple times a year. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah. And then we had our other our other boss that was would try to tell us, don't, don't give him the paper. <laughs> we had that. That's why we had to have a backup. The security guys had to have it anyway. Because every once in a while, where is the press? Like, like, you know, where's the press? It worked a time or two, and then we had to have a backup because we had other forces that did wanted to please don't show them that, you know, about the numbers or about this or that. All right, so, so the, the other comment I wanted to make, you were spot on about talking about the fast, immediate sound bites that are released in, in these uh, active shooter, the recent active shooter case. So many facts are yet to be investigated, and it's so dangerous to put to incorrectly comment on it. And really the pro should comment. The ones that are involved investigating it and dealing with the tragedy, they're the ones. I mean, we know right off the bat that this was, you know, uh, someone from the same community. So it may have been domestic related in nature, which are extremely difficult to prevent. And, you know, to, to go out on a limit and, and in a different direction for political reasons is just so wrong. Let the law enforcement do what they do. Let the facts come out and, and let's give sympathy to the dead and grieve, grieve those that, that are gone. But we shouldn't be coming out of the box in 30 seconds for, to make some kind of political statement about something when there's the facts aren't even, you know, uh, out there yet. And, 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 and Rick, it's so true. The example that I gave earlier, if folks are tuning in now that weren't here before Rick's call, I made the comment, and it's not just a ad hominem attack on on Schumer and some of these other people that do what they do. Schumer did it, and one of the other usual suspects did it. Immediately come out and say it's bigotry. You can't possibly know that. There's a grainy image of a guy, a weird-looking guy with an even weirder hat on. Uh, how does anybody know it's bigotry? We don't know what we don't know. Yeah, absolutely. And we have to be careful. We don't trigger someone else, cause another incident. 
there's highly tra- trained uh, law enforcement doing this for many, many years that, that will pull together local, county, state, federal resources to do what they have to do to investigate and ex- you know, explain these incidents when the time is right. But coming out of the box that soon is it's just such a bad, you know, a bad practice. And and again, in certain cases, it could trigger someone else to act. Well, that's why it was very dangerous when Jussie Smollett came out with that whole, you know, cock and bull about uh, MAGA hats and, and you know, noose and all this stuff uh, that could get other people killed. Yeah. So, I mean, that's my commentary, Harry. Good stuff. Um, I think, you know, we agree to that. And, and yeah. thanks, thanks for pointing that out. I think I'm going to, I'm going to have the, uh, the Atlantic City Press, the Praper version forever till it's to finally delivered on one little tiny scrap of paper on a napkin. It gets smaller and smaller. That's all there's going to be because I'm, you know, captive and, and I, I, sometimes I find out news about our own community. That's not, you know, my own agency I work for, what we do. Sometimes I, I have to read it there. But uh, I still, I still uh, you know, look at my news also on the computer also. But um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, you know, I think it's a privilege to have something like that still, even though it's, it's dying and I still relish to read my paper in the morning, even though I don't agree. And I think it's sometimes devoid of content and I can't agree completely, but I'm, I'm old school in that regard. Good to talk to you. I understand why. Good to talk to you, Rick. Yep. Thank you, sir. All right. Take care. All right. We're going to take one more call, and then I'm going to ask this distinguished caller to hold on. Hold on to after the break, because you and I will take more than two minutes. I promise you. Don't go away, Eric. I mentioned that I knew you would call. Your ears might have been burning. I mentioned in the early 6 o'clock hour. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Uh, yes, uh, this might sound cliche or being a magpie, but it, it's, that crowd never lets a good crisis go to waste. Nothing but your regular, as far as I'm concerned. But um, actually, this uh, Harris here making a quoting on the Declaration of Independence, but leaving out one of the most important words: life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Leaving out life. Right. She left the first word out. I mean, they they were very smart. They put stuff in in order, and when they forgot some things, they circled back real quick. You know, and and in another very precious document. And added the, uh, the 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 amendments that they that they knew. Oops, we kind of left these out. We better put these in real quick. Uh, so so then you have all those, and they leave some of them out too. But yeah, just skip past life, which was the first word in the sentence. Life, liberty, yeah, exactly. and the pursuit of happiness. Not just it even sounds weird. Oh, you have the right to liberty and the pursuit of happiness. And but see, they can't say it. You, you get it? They can't say it. They can't bring themselves to say it. It's inconvenient. Okay, well, just stay with the word liberty. Is it liberty to make those of us that are against abortion to have anything to do with it? That, that taxpayer money is going to support abortions, and it's coming out of the pockets of people who do not support abortions. So that's just not liberty right there. So, But it is interesting how it's so it's so conflicted. If someone kills a pregnant woman, they are charged with two murders. But then they can say that they can kill a, a, a person whenever they want. And then that's OK. It's some special carve out. And then uh, just conveniently leave out life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness. There's a reason that that was written. Thomas Jefferson wrote that in that order because life came first. She, of course, leaves it out. Your calls continue all this hour. Don't go away. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. 
From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. Welcome back. Six minutes past the hour. This portion of Hurley in the Morning brought to us by Gary's Restaurant, 831 New Road in Pleasantville. If you want to phone ahead, 609-383-9980. Excuse me, choking myself. Uh, Very excited to report that I spoke with Gary Field uh, recently, and he shared with me the wonderful news that effective today, so the doors are open, been open since 7 o'clock, 7 a.m. to 4 p.m., now only closed on Tuesday. Gary's is back open on Mondays. That's effective today. 831 New Road in Pleasantville. Gary's Restaurant. Tell Gary that I sent you early in the morning. All right, ladies and gentlemen, when I'm in the mood for pizza, you know who I call. I call Eric. Eric, good morning. Hey. Good morning. Were you in there gloating earlier? Nah, barely. I did mention that we did have a rather exceptional weekend uh, sweeping four pizza pies uh, from my good friend sweeping Eric. Four pies. <laughs> yes. Listen, listen. I didn't mind losing that last pie with Dallas because I, I can't stand the Cowboys. I don't care about pizzas. I'm so glad Dak Prescott lost. I really am. Uh, those Cowboys are overrated. Oh, listen. Before we get talking uh, football, did you know my dad? You said you worked at the press. Are you? You're going to tell me? You, you're going to tell me that I've known you for? decades now and you're going to tell me now that you're the son of blair learn well my my middle brother's blair he's the one that started the seafood fest the fun fest my well, dad was paul oh i i just said the wrong name i just i morphed your brother with your father i worked with your father you you did yeah oh great i'm glad i'm glad you got to know him yes Boy, I miss him. oh my god yeah, i can't believe that so, yeah, that's my dad's Paul. Yeah, I knew Long Paul. Way, huh? Well, I was there. I was there from seventy-eight to eighty, and then I left for the Golden Nugget. What, do you remember the years that your dad was there? Was a, well, dad worked at the old press that was back on Mediterranean Avenue when I was a kid. That's where they used to melt the old lead bars into those machines in the back. I, don't, I forget what they were called. And the guys, my dad would give them a story, and then they would type it, and it would come out in little lead squares onto these racks, and that's how they printed the paper. But I do know that he also, I saw him at Devon's Lane in Pleasantville as well. Yes, yes. He, he, when he went there, he, was, he told me, he goes, Eric, i got to learn how to use a computer. That's when computers came out. That's and, all, and He had to learn the whole system yep. on how to uh, put the paper together back then. Interesting. Uh, small world, huh? Yeah. Wow, I know the father and the son. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Yeah. A, ple- a pleasure, huh? Yeah. Listen, uh, what, what a weekend. Now, I'll tell you what. These Niners, I'm, I'm, we're going to uh, you know, do it again this week. But these Niners, I like these Niners. They're a real challenge for the Eagles, I'll tell you what. So why don't I just give them to you right now? You have the Niners. Uh, I'll take the Niners. But I really want Joe Burrow. I really do. He's great. I got to say, I I don't like his personality, but he is a real dealer. He is a great quarterback. I knew that Cincinnati was going to beat Buffalo. uh, And I got to tell you, Mahomes injured. 
I don't see how the Chiefs can beat uh, Cincinnati. No. Will you give me Cincy, too? I don't want to, but I feel obligated to. So I will take the Eagles, and I will take uh, the Chiefs. Okay, cool. Cool. Yep. Anyway, I'm here in a low duck. Um, we're uh, loading in. Uh, if you wonder what I'm doing, it's really cold back here. I got my thermals on. They are back on a forklift for another eight hours. Uh, wow. We're uh, loading in the pool and spa. And uh, it opens up tomorrow, being here at 5 a.m., putting all the rugs in. Right now, it's full of crates, the whole place, if you're wondering. It's like putting a movie set together in these shows. I've been doing it for over 20 years. And uh, it's very interesting how this all falls together in this place. Oh, absolutely. But the back of this, the back of this load dock's always cold. I don't care, care about when you're working. you got to wear thermals back here. Anyway, brother, i got to get on my lift. All I'll right. I'm uh, listening to you this week. There you go. Good luck. See you, my friend. Great. Oh, thanks, brother. See Take care. You got See it. You. It's 11 minutes past the hour. Wide open forum. If you tried to get in last hour and you couldn't do it, the, the phone lines were just impossible. Uh, we're continuing open forum into this hour. 609-407-1450 if you'd like to check in. Welcome to the Hurley in the Morning program. You're on the air. Hey, Harold. This is Keith from Northfield. Morning, Keith. Hey, how you doing, buddy? Good. Hey, I heard... Um they wouldn't sell American tanks to uh, Ukraine, right? So I heard Afghanistan's got them uh, half price. Oh boy, they have our tanks. Didn't we leave a? Oh my god! Didn't gosh. we leave a bunch of them over there? We left billions of dollars in equipment, military equipment. Yeah. It's just um, disastrous. It's it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing, and. Why um, George Soros isn't up on treason charges? Well, that's to be heard. Of. Well, because because we're the the allegedly the freest nation in the history of the world, but it does depend on who you are. The Democrats will protect George Soros, but look how they want to come after people that if you didn't believe in climate change, they wanted to be able to criminally charge you. If you criticize, there there is a, a a fool by the name of Sheila Jackson Lee. If you criticize an African American, she wants you to be able to be criminally charged. That's a, that's that's just incredible. What is that? What does that mean? You can't you 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 can only say nice things if somebody that that fool that said that uh, something was going to tip into the ocean if too many people get on it. I forget if it was Guam or what it, what what he was talking about. Uh, if you say that guy's an idiot, that's a that's a crime now. I mean, th- these people are just out of control unbelievable and i i don't think antarctica uh melted in the ocean yet no and but al gore's worth 300 million <laughs> oh my god all right Harold, have a good day buddy good to talk to you when you think about it when you consider property and anything else al and tipper gore at the time al gore comes into office with a net worth of 1.7 million dollars modest you know not rich you know, somebody says, oh, my God, he's a millionaire. But no, real estate and, you know, some things, maybe 401k and some other things, investments. So worth $1.7 million. The man is now worth $300 million. How does that happen? How does he get to trade on his junk science talking about what does he call it like rain bombs he's got all i mean i never heard of these terms 
crazy talk. But somehow he has parlayed this whole climate extremism. Look, I, I want the planet to be well cared for. But Al Gore and John Kerry, they will tell you, well, you know, I have to uh, my time and I have to fly after these. They have such an enormous carbon footprint. They're hypocrites. And at some point when they they keep on pushing, you know, the the electric cars and things like that. Well, let's have a full conversation of how much dirty energy goes into their so-called clean energy. They're so dishonest about it all. And the strip mining that goes on for the, the, the components they need for the batteries and such. The, uh, I'm going to tell you as we go into the break, this is good news. The phone lines are completely open. And that has not been the case for the past hour and 15 minutes when we open the phone lines up. So the first one in right now, I will get you right on when we come back. 609 407-1450. It's open forum. And this is Early in the Morning. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. We're investing. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins this afternoon at one. Now, Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. At 19 minutes past the hour, it is my pleasure to welcome back to the Hurley in the Morning program. Our distinguished, and I underline that, esteem, Atlanta County Prosecutor Will Reynolds joins the program. Prosecutor, good morning. Good morning, Mayor. How you doing? Thank yeah. you for the opportunity again. It's greatly appreciated. Outstanding, my friend. Uh, what's going on? What's news? So, uh, two things. One, over the weekend, we did uh, we did mobile outreach events uh, on uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Uh Ultimately, Friday morning, we're on the boardwalk in parking garages and uh, New Jersey bus station, uh, the transit station on Atlantic Avenue. And then on Saturday, uh, we were on uh, Backrack Boulevard in front of the uh, courthouse and, uh, you know, just trying to help people that need the help the most. And uh, one of my partners, one of my partners in those in those outreach events is uh, Pastor Lou from Church by the Bay. He's a New Jersey State Police Chaplain. And I know you saw all the great work that we were doing, and uh, you had offered up a, a grant to Pastor Lou, and I just wanted to give you public accolades on that and then tell you the event that I'm going to. Oh, this is outstanding. Let me uh, piggyback off of that, Prosecutor, then I'll turn it back to you with what's next. We are writing today a grant in the amount of $1,000 to Church by the Bay to Pastor Lou Stragala for the great work that you're doing uh, in helping people. Uh, I know that will will help. In, and in any way that we can, we wanted to step up. And, Prosecutor, it's our pleasure to do that. Harry, I, I really appreciate it. And uh, Lou and I spent a lot of time together over the weekend. And uh, just to give you an example of what we did Saturday morning, in about five hours, we gave out 700 pieces of clothes, 150 blankets, 200 pairs of socks, 200 pairs of gloves, and uh, an assortment of uh, winter jackets and over 200 pairs of shoes. Uh, in fact, uh, the thing that I really like what Pastor Lou does is he sets up all the clothes on racks on the curb so that people feel as if 
you know, they're actually shopping in a store as opposed to rummaging through buckets. And uh, he has a team of people, and, uh, you know, my family's been involved, my brother, his wife, and his kids, and, uh, and some people from our office, and they go and they just keep hanging clothes for people to sort through to pick. And it, it really makes the experience humane, and it's, and it's unique, and it's genuine, and it's authentic. And, uh, you know, on behalf of Pastor Lou, we really appreciate the, uh, you know, the outreach on your behalf and, and the granting of $1,000. He will stretch it and make it go a really long way because he does a food pantry as well, and he feeds about 30 families a week uh, out of his food pantry out in Galloway. So amazing, amazing man, and Harry, appreciate your help. Oh, it's an honor, Prosecutor. And I want to give you an opportunity. I, I pretty much hit you with this every time we visit because I know there are those who say, well, what does blessed bags and community outreach and and these things, the, the, the boardwalk, you know, visits with you and your various working partners, you know, what does that have to do with the administration of law enforcement? Uh, this is a big priority in the Atlanta County Prosecutor Will Reynolds era. Tell us why. So it's twofold. One, it's uh, just on the humane aspect of helping people who need the help the most. That's number one. And I'm in a position to help people. And that was my promise to myself and to uh, everyone who asked me, you know, as I needed to build trust with the community. And how do you do that? You start from, you know, the people who need the help the most. That's number one. The second part is, uh, and I'm a big proponent of this, public health is public safety. And I'll give you an example of how it, it, it rings true. God forbid something happens to someone who is homeless or displaced, right? If we're not out on the street and don't know who these people are and identify and track who these people are, when something happens to that person, there's no one for us to contact. There's no ability to, to understand who the victim is or how to get them help or how to contact family, so it becomes a familiarity in addition to how can we help you. And the more that you have contact with that at-risk community, the more likely they are to trust you to help them, right? So it's, it's twofold. It's humane and it's public health, public safety, helps law enforcement. It gives us a better idea of who they are, how we can help them, and build that trust with that community. And by the way, I mean, community policing doesn't get criticized. Uh, I'm, I'm a, as you know, I'm a huge fan of community policing because anytime you can put law enforcement and the community together in a setting that's positive, not about arresting anyone at that moment or anything like that, and about just making people not be afraid Anybody knows this. If you all of a sudden, oh, my God, you see like the police car behind you, you know, if you haven't done anything wrong, your, your heartbeat gets a little faster. You get a little uh, out of breath and you're like you're scared. Like, oh, my God, did I do anything? Oh, no, 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 no. He's not stopping me. So I think law enforcement, if it's one dimensional, gets a rap that it's a bad news all the time, as opposed to if you're at a picnic or you're doing blessed bags uh, on the boardwalk, and it's not just handing out jackets and socks and food and water and stuff like that. You're also helping to connect people to mental health services. Uh, maybe they need medical attention and things like that. So it really is, isn't it a direct extension of community policing? It, it really is, Harry, and you hit the nail on the head. It's connecting people to services, and it's building that trust to get them to agree to accept those services, to then remove them. 
risk community and get them into whether it's a, a detox facility, a rehab facility, a mental health facility. And Harry, I'm going to segue this because you hit the nail on the head on how it's an extension of law enforcement. So I'm on my way to an event at the Hard Rock right now that's, that's to raise awareness about human trafficking. And this month, January, is uh, the month of raising awareness for human trafficking. And to a exact point that you just made, there are several hundred people in Atlantic City that are presently being trafficked, right? How do you get those people out of that situation? It's modern-day slavery. It's indentured servitude. It's a percentage of it is sex work, whether it's in the massage parlors, whether it's on Pacific Avenue, whether it's on clandestine websites, right? Whether it's even pornography, right? Yep. Or, or child pornography. And it's, and, it, and Harry, it's split. It's split almost 50% between men and women, boys and girls. It doesn't discriminate. It doesn't discriminate against race, ethnicity, gender. It's all over. And, and quite frankly, uh, our outreach efforts are to help people who may be in this situation who do not feel safe going to someone because they're scared for their lives because their freedom has been taken away. And to piggyback on what you were talking about before I came on, right, what is one of the most basic tenets in American life? The pursuit of life, liberty, and happiness. People's liberty is being taken, yeah. right? That's what human trafficking is. So ultimately, you know, where we are today, these outreach events also are to help identify people who are being trafficked, right? So we're on the street, and you can't imagine what people will walk up to you and say after they see you for the third and fourth time because they build trust. You're not a mythical figure. You're not a person with a badge on. You become a real person because you've had conversations with that yep, person. Yep. That's where you break down the barriers. That's where you break down the barriers. Prosecutor, in case you're not aware of this, I want you to be aware of it. Back on January 12th, I met over the phone. My sister introduced me to her. My sister Karen is in social services business. Christine Knight is the co-founder and program director of HR Recovery Initiative. That's their whole vocation. That's their whole deal. Human trafficking. Yep. So we, we wrote a. They are. They are. Yep. They are. They are involved in this event yes. today too. Yep. And we promoted the event, and we wrote a five hundred dollar grant to their organization to help in that area. I think there's a lot of people listening, prosecutor. They think about uh, children getting scooped up. You, you turn away for one second in a mall or your child is out front of your own home and your child gets scooped up and sometimes you never see them again. This this happens to adults. They are trafficked. And I think a lot of people don't realize that. It does. And, uh, you know, I, I've done a lot of research. I've been briefed by people in our office. Uh, and on every side. So, Harry, just to give you, like, an idea of how our office interacts on things like this, we actually just had a guilty verdict last week on a human trafficking case against a really bad person. He was convicted of two counts of human trafficking, second degree, two counts of promoting prostitution, third degree, and he's looking at a mandatory minimum of 20 years in state prison. There are murderers that don't get 20 years, right? So, so our office is taking this very serious, and it goes from the AP who handled it, who is Deirdre Laws, down to the trial detectives who helped prepare the case, to the victim witness advocates who helped deal with the, the victim survivor and the victim survivor's family, 
right? So we have every single lane, and now we created this outreach lane to build that trust with those, with the community, with those people that are at risk, and that includes men, women, children. And Harry, what happens is people get groomed, right? Whether it's a coach, a pastor, a, a mentor, they get groomed. It's not just getting scooped up off the street. They, it, I, I use the line all the time. It's it's Stockholm syndrome. They start identifying with their oppressor and figuring out that they have to keep making that person happy. Meanwhile, they're being trafficked. Mm. I mean, it's 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 a very sad it's a very sad state of affairs in America that people are having their freedom taken away, and that's why events like this are so important. Prosecutor, I know you've got to get to your event. I've got the bottom of the hour break. I am open for the rest of the half hour, but I think you're not. Uh, so, anything you want to share in closing? Harry, I just want to thank you uh, for the uh, the grant to Pastor Lou and Church by the Bay. It's uh, greatly appreciated, and he will stretch it and help as many people as humanly possible. And thank you for your time for letting me raise awareness about this event. Prosecutor Will day. Reynolds, good to partner with you. Uh, talk to you soon. Have a good one. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. We'll be back. It's uh, 31 minutes past the hour, so you know what I've got to do. Exactly. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. Early in the morning with three stories that you can follow on the WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. My thoughts about the life of Chris Ford and I've already had text messages this morning with two immediate family members. And um, I appreciate how much they liked what we wrote about their husband and their father. United States Congressman Jeff Andrew is moving the District 2 office. Uh, The... um, move will take place by the end of this week and we have a jerry blavitt item that i want you to read from the town's new jersey info and weather network i'm chief meteorologist dan zaro as low pressure pulls away our latest batch will come to an end eventually and chilly air will be dragged into new jersey too rain drizzle continue until sometime this afternoon turning windy turning colder high of only 43 Clouds break apart tonight, low 31, the wind chill dipping deep into the 20s. A dry weather day tomorrow, partly sunny and blustery, high temperature around 48 degrees. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Download every Hurley in the Morning program as a podcast on the WPG Talk Radio app. Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hey, thanks very much. Welcome back. It's Hurley in the Morning on behalf of United Methodist Communities at the Shores in Ocean City to tell you about an event that's taking place Tuesday, January 31st from 10 a.m. until 12 noon for National Memory Screening Day. Give your brain a checkup and enjoy healthy snacks while the Shores professional staff provides free memory screenings. If you're considering senior living options for yourself or a loved one, I recommend the Shores. Transitioning to the Shores is easy. Move in and experience the abundant life. The Shores is fully remodeled with private apartments, two beautiful restaurants, a bistro, an on-site fitness center, and transportation and local shopping. Best of all, it's just three short blocks to the Ocean City Boardwalk and Beach. Join the Shores for this free community event, National Memory Screening Day, January 31st, from 10 a.m. until 12 noon with healthy snacks and free memory screenings. This is a great idea. They're at 2201 Bay Avenue in Ocean City. You can RSVP by calling Michelle 
at 609-399-8505. That's 609-399-8505. And please tell them that Hurley in the Morning sent you to United Methodist Communities at the Shores. Okay, let me share something that I really do want to spend a couple of minutes on because there is still an opportunity. If you didn't have an opportunity yesterday between 2 to 4 p.m. or 6 to 8 p.m. at the first two visitations for Chris Ford, you have this morning from 9 a.m., just a little bit from now, until 11 a.m., and then there'll be a mass right after that, and then interment right after that. The mass will be at St. Michael's Catholic Church, and the viewing today is at St. Michael's Catholic Church from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. in Atlantic City, 10 North Mississippi Avenue, and then interment will be at 1.30 p.m. at the Holy Cross Cemetery in Mays Landing. That's 5061 Harding Highway in Mays Landing. I want to share with you um, some thoughts about Chris Ford, who I've known, wow, well, I've known him since I was a child. He's 12 years older than I, um, followed his entire career, and was always a big fan because I liked liked the way he did it. His career at Villanova and the way he carried himself, his NBA career initially with the Pistons, And then with the Celtics, his career as a player in the NBA, his career as a head coach in the NBA, coaching Boston, coaching Philadelphia. Chris Ford is likely the most humble superstar that you'll ever come across in life. Ford's career resume is at the very elite status level, yet he never, ever talked about his success as a collegiate or professional basketball player, or head coach. Ford passed away, as you probably know, this past Tuesday, January 17th, at the age of 74, following a heart episode that took place, occurred on his 74th birthday, January 11th, and he passed away six days later. Ford led an exemplary life. He was a Ducktown, Atlantic City legend, long before he reached superstardom, at Villanova University and the National Basketball Association, the NBA. Ford is a member of the following Hall of Fame organizations, Holy Spirit High School, Villanova University, the Big Five, and all do I remember with my mom. She was such a Big Five fan. Jack Kraft and Villanova. And I do believe Jack Kraft would have been Chris Ford's head coach. Uh, the Big Five was just amazing. Big Al Meltzer. One day I got to be on a panel with Al Meltzer. I just couldn't believe it. We were s- seated right next to each other. It was like surreal. I had watched and listened to him from child years on up. Big Al Meltzer. Uh, the Big Five, Chris Ford. Atlantic City Hall of Fame. South Jersey Hall of Fame. The NJSIAA, New Jersey Hall of Fame. Ford was also named to the NBA Detroit Pistons all-time team. That's tough to do. Ford was named a living legend by the Philadelphia Sports Writers Association. How cool is that? You hear that term overused. He, he got it. Recognized, certified as having it. Ford's memorable number 42 has been retired 
by both Holy Spirit High School and Villanova University. One of Ford's game-worn uniforms has been displayed in a Holy Spirit High School display case for decades. I can't tell you how many times I would go over just to take a look at it. Number 42. My wife Margie and I attended one of the visitations for Chris yesterday at the Adams Perfect Funeral Home in Northfield. We arrived 10 minutes before the 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. first visitation and still waited in line for a little more than an hour to pay our respects to Chris's wife, Kathy, and the Ford family members. It was also an honor to meet and talk with Kathy's mom, Rita Salerno, who is an incredibly, amazingly sharp, 97 years young. We had a great conversation. Chris and Kathy Ford have four children, seven grandchildren, and many nieces and nephews. Chris Ford embodies the expression, a life well-lived. Margie and I had a beautiful conversation, which I will not reveal here, except to say that Kathy told us that, and this was a quote, that Chris loved his life, end quote. That's a profound and beautiful comment. My belief is that Chris Ford loved his life because his focus was always about others and not about himself. Chris Ford was a great, the ultimate teammate. Just ask Larry Bird, who recently commented at the time of Chris's passing, how important Chris Ford was to the Boston Celtics as both a player and as a head coach. After Ford's basketball career was over, his entire focus was on family and community, although in fairness, he didn't lose focus on those things even when he was in the peak of his career, any point during his career. Despite all of his success, Chris Ford never forgot where he came from. And we, in my article, we have a nice photo of uh, Chris and Kathy Ford, which I basically took off of their photo yesterday. You would regularly see Chris Ford at Cape Atlantic League High School sporting events and at the local theater. In fact, the last time that I saw and talked with Chris was at the Summers Point Gateway Playhouse for the wonderful local productions of Chicago and Bye Bye Birdie. Our grandson was in it and Chris and Kathy's granddaughter was in the play. Chris was his usual kind and considerate self and asked how I was doing, asked how my family is doing. Chris Ford was always about family, team, and community. His passing has hit me very hard. I will miss Chris very much. Chris Ford made the first three-point shot in NBA history. I believe that's a Jeopardy trivia question. And he had an exemplary career as a player and as a head coach. Boston Celtics, Philadelphia 76ers. But he was a much bigger winner in the game of life because he lived a full and rich life surrounded by a family and a community that unconditionally loved him. There is one more visitation for Chris that's being held in the next few minutes starting at 9 o'clock until 11 o'clock at St. Michael's Church in Atlantic City, followed by a Catholic Mass at 11 a.m., followed by interment at Holy Cross Cemetery in Mays Landing, New Jersey. This is important because it's in keeping with Chris's character and the whole way that he led his life. If you would like to honor Chris's memory, you can make a contribution to the John Middle Initial C Allen Charitable Trust, which is at 2106 New Road, 
Suite A3, Linwood, New Jersey, 08221. That's the John C. Allen Charitable Trust. Make a note that it's in Chris's memory. 2106, New Road. I guess we're, we're going to have to do that. Just thinking out loud. We're going to do that. Suite A3, Linwood, New Jersey, 08221. Chris served as a member of the board. My thoughts about Chris Ford. 46 minutes past the hour on the Hurley in the Morning program. We'll be right back. If you want to join the program, 609-407-1450. And I can't wait because in about 20 minutes, we will discuss with Mayor Charles Kane the Auto Plaza at Galloway Township, Kane's Custom Carts, and yes, the Philadelphia Eagles, who I believe statistically and probably by any measurement, it was one of the finest playoff performances in NFL history. The divisional round game between the Eagles and the New York Giants, the Eagles put on a clinic from every possible vantage point. Offense, defense, everything, special teams. I mean, it was almost like nearly pitching a perfect game. 38-7. to And now uh, San Francisco comes to Philadelphia. And I understand the weather is not looking bad uh, as the week goes on and we get closer. We'll tell you what the uh, forecast is, but we've been looking at it long range. And the weather is is not going to be as wintry as it could be. I mean, if you saw the, the Buffalo and Cincinnati game, I can't stand when you have to play in those kinds of conditions. That can easily change a team that should have won or would have won into the other team winning because you just, you're up against the elements, the conditions. I know that's football, but look, some of these teams are playing in dome stadiums or in San Francisco, California, as opposed to in Buffalo. I don't know if that was such a home field advantage for Buffalo yesterday. Cincinnati took it to them. If you love South Jersey's talk station, then the WPG Talk Radio app is a must-have on your phone. Listen to all your favorite talk shows around the clock and instantly call them with just the tap of your finger. Text the WPG Talk Radio studio. Send us your pictures and videos of breaking news and more. It's the WPG Talk Radio app, a free download from South Jersey's talk station. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. For complete contest rules, visit WPGTalkRadio.com. Thank you and welcome back to the program. It's early in the morning. If you want to jump in, we've got about seven minutes before the top of the hour uh, to take your phone calls. And then uh, that will be it for Open Forum today. But we had a lot of it uh, from 7 till 9 a.m. this morning. And we love to do that. Let me share with you... um, Something else that I found very interesting that I reported about yesterday on the app and at WPGTalkRadio.com. I caught wind of a survey that had been done, and it's been done for a number of years. New Jersey leads the nation in people moving out. I don't think that comes as any surprise to this audience, but this survey reviewed all 50 states and you either got there was a thing called move rank which means they were rating are a lot of people 
leaving your state? Or are they staying? It's a whole rating of outbound migration. They didn't call it that specifically, but that's what it is. So you could be anywhere in the range of mild move rank to extremely high. I could only find, now I may have missed, because you're going through this thing, it's 50 states, and I'm going through every single state. I only saw one state, not to go back and see California and a few others, but I only saw one state that was ranked as extremely high. But that's not a good thing in this in this survey. You want to be mild, mild in the move rank. The people are staying in your state. New Jersey received a rating in, quote, the move rank of, quote, extremely high. Again, the rating system ranges from mild to extremely high, with many rankings in between the both extremes. Here's what they wrote about New Jersey. Move rank, extremely high. Quote, for the fourth consecutive year, the Garden State has the dubious distinction of having the highest outbound mover percentage. Quote, a third of those who moved said that retirement was their primary reason for moving. They simply could not afford to live in New Jersey during their retirement years, which is so sad. How many people have you heard from that they they earn their pension and boom, they're gone? That's why, and I thought this was terrible. New Jersey put in, they they penalize you for leaving. You got to pay. They kick you in the face one more time. Because you can't stay. They pay, they charge you to be able to leave. I don't think that should even be constitutional. According to Zillow.com, which you know I speak about from time to time, quote, New Jersey has one of the highest property tax rates in the country. And quote, now I often see that it's the highest. So we'll just go with one of the highest. This survey also outlined high density and overregulation as key issues as to why there is so much outbound migration away from New Jersey. Many lifelong and longtime New Jerseyans have been forced to leave because of high taxes, insurances, and other user fees. These are the reasons why people are leaving New Jersey for lower tax states such as Florida. Texas, South Carolina, and others. It, it makes, I mean, it's, it's apparent to me that there is a thirst for many to seek states that are freer, less regulated, less woke, less liberal. I mean, if, if, it, if it plays out this way, I've actually given this a lot of thought, and, and I'm probably going to write something about it in the not-too-distant future, but let me take a test drive with you right now. Two minutes, just enough time to, to give you my broad brush strokes on this. We could become a country where, almost like how EHT and Galloway Township and Hamilton Township by the Pinelands Commission were designated for ruination. What do I mean by that? That they would take the brunt of heavy development, density. And then therefore the other 20 municipalities would not 
it's truth. That's what that, that's what Pineland, the Pinelands Commission did. That's what the Pinelands legislation did. It it created what are called three growth communities, and they would take the weight. That's why for a decade, part of the time that Sonny McCullough was the mayor of Egg Harbor Township. You saw the equivalent of a K through eight school opening each and every year for a decade, a thousand children a year. That is that is so unsustainable. It's 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 very, very challenging. That's why I'm amazed. What a great job the from a city purpose standpoint, the township does in Egg Harbor Township. Not as impressed, honestly, with the school purpose tax. But a lot of that, to be fair and to be sure is because thorough and efficient education, you can't cut anything out of what's called T&E, and it is what it is, and the cost is what it is. So when you see 66% of your local purpose tax is school purpose tax, uh, there's not a lot of waste there. Uh, You could argue that there is, but there's not a lot of cuts that can be made, I think is a better way to put it. All right, Mayor Kane, he's going to join us next. It's early in the morning. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is six minutes past the hour and, of course, Monday mornings for decades, a fixture Mayor Charles Kane is here. The Auto Plaza at Galloway Township and Kane's Custom Carts. We'll talk about that. And, of course, we're going. He was in the house. The mayor was in the house, learned and confirmed. Of course, we're going to be talking about what took place Saturday evening at the uh, Lincoln Financial Field. Because I think it was one of the most complete games. Didn't get a chance to say this to the mayor. So as we welcome Mayor Kane and his mic is on, let me begin by saying, and then for your comment, Mayor, I believe that the Eagles' 38-7 to win in the divisional round of the NFL playoffs over the New York Giants was one of the most complete games that the Eagles have ever played, I say, in the history of their franchise. So I'm not getting hysterical or fanatical I don't know how you could play much better than that. Good Monday morning, Mayor. How are you? Very well, sir. Well, I have to tell you, it was it was an amazing game. The crowd was insane. Uh, you know, the the uh, the twelfth man uh, absolutely did their did their job, and uh, they uh, it was it was just amazing. Uh, the, the the noise that the crowd generated. Um, it was was just intense, and uh, look, the outcome was uh, just amazing. Uh, I mean, so Philadelphia obviously is on a roll, and I don't see any way, any way, um, San Francisco can get by Philadelphia um, next week. Let, I, let me comment on San Francisco because they had been playing, I thought, very, very well. 
last night, and I, I don't say this to be a wise guy or or anything like that, or or because they're the next opponent for the Eagles. There's no agenda here. They simply sucked less than Dallas did last night. That and I, I'm telling you, I regret, I regret uh, being sleep deprived. I'm on three hours sleep uh, because I stayed up stupidly for that whole game. It was a lousy game, lousy play, and I really mean what I say about that. San Francisco just sucked a little bit less than Dallas did. It was terrible. Well, it's a good point. I mean, you had look, you had a you had a, uh, an, a defensive battle last night. I mean, that's what you saw. And when that happens, you don't see points. I mean, you know, uh, field goals uh, are, are common in defensive battles, um, and uh, you know that that's what we saw last night. But at the end of the day, we saw two teams that you know arguably deserve to be in the playoffs, but are at a different caliber than um, you know Philadelphia. I mean, uh, there's there's just. You can't compare the the, the 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 teams at this point. I mean, Philadelphia yesterday, uh, or I'm sorry, on Saturday night, uh, made such easy work of the Giants. Uh, it was just uh, they were moving that ball at will. Uh, and I have to tell you, Mayor, and the controversial lining up for the for the two point conversion. Uh, um, you have any comment on that? Well, yeah, I loved it. I, I didn't like it if they would have would have gone with the play, but they were trying to get the penalty. Then the ball would have been on the one yard line. Uh, I didn't understand it because I'm thinking, all right, so what's the difference between 27 and 28? What's going on here? What am I missing? What don't I know? I've been watching this sport my entire life. What am I missing here? I never could figure out while this was all going on the difference between 27 and 28. I didn't get it. And then they didn't do it, so then I got it. They were try. It was pretty sneaky. They were trying. Now, I will say this. If they had gotten it to the one-yard line, I think they then would have gone for the two-point conversion, and Hertz would have lined up behind center, and uh, Kelsey would have got the push, and and they would have got that, that extra point. I think they tried to sneak an extra point out of the Giants. with a, That was a trick play. You know, it was funny. On the way up, we were talking about, you know, are we going to see trick plays on either side with these teams? Uh, and who's going to be first? And we were, you were just talking about the different scenarios. And, yeah, I have to tell you, when they lined up for that two-point conversion, our section um, is a very vocal section. Uh, we've got individuals that have been together for, uh, well, since the link opened, and many of them came over from uh, the vet. And some of them are even back from uh, um uh, you know, uh, the stadium before at, uh, uh, Connie Mack Stadium. So, um, you know, they're, they're uh, the, the, the moans when he lined up, lined up for that two point conversion. Cause at that point you go, my goodness, you, you just got this team everywhere you want them. And this is insult to injury. We understood. And, and as you just explained it, you explained it in, in a manner which, you know, people weren't thinking and doing the calculations at night. They're just going, what are you doing lining up for a two point when you're dominating this game? And, um, uh, you know, it was it was a, a very unique moment in, in football history at the at the link. When you see how when the Eagles are playing the way that they can play. How Well, first of all, how important Jalen Hurts is, and you also cannot overstate how important Lane Johnson is. I mean, both of them, it was so obvious that just a completely different team. Uh, without Lane Johnson, the quarterback is not protected on the right side, uh, and we saw it, and then they would get at Hurts or at Minshew. 
Uh, so this was very, very big. And I, I think, obviously, that extra week was enormously important for Jalen Hurts for healing. Oh, well, look, he looked spectacular. Um, you know, there was at no time during the game did, did um, you know, did, were there any signs. I mean, we, you know, you spend a lot of time, uh, which you don't see on TV, you spend a lot of time watching these players uh, move around, you know, in between commercials and moving around in between plays, and the camera doesn't show that. And uh, at no point during the game did, did he show any signs of, um, fatigue or concern, grabbing, you know, a, a body part and, and paying attention to it. Um, you know, he had the fans feeling very confident that he is, uh, if he's not 100%, he's as close as you could possibly get to it. Out of the four teams that are now left, uh, the Eagles far and away, far and away, had the most dominating performance uh, in the divisional round playoff weekend. Uh, Chiefs, now I give them the fact that Mahomes got hurt. And I, I'll tell you what, I said this earlier in the program, Mayor, but I didn't ma- I didn't comment much on this. I waited for you, really. But I did men- mention that I wouldn't be surprised if Mahomes is in a, in a soft cast and if he's on crutches until the middle of this week or, or later. That high ankle sprain stuff is no joke. Oh, no. I mean, uh, you're. You're you're 100 right. I mean, that's uh, you got a banged up KFC. Uh, um, you know, Philadelphia is just the, the stars are aligning for them right now. And you know, I, and again, I maybe I found, sound like the typical Eagles fan drinking the Kool Aid, but um, you know, I, they look unstoppable um, and they look like the most uh, well-rounded team in football. I got to tell you, I was shocked at uh, you know the Bills game last night. Um, yeah, I see, I was, I was, I wasn't. The Bills were winning at the point that the last game got stopped. Now I know it was only like seven to three, so no big deal. But it was early. Uh, Cincinnati, first of all, Cincinnati has beaten Kansas City three straight times. I think Cincinnati is going to go in there and win. And if Mahomes can't play, uh, and I'll even say this: if he does play, he's not going to be mobile. And I guarantee you, he's going to aggravate that high ankle sprain. There's no way that's going to be right. He'll play. He's a, he, the, he played. Most people would have been taken off uh, in, in a cart. He, he, he got back into that game. I, I give Mahomes so much credit for his guts and, and his heart and his, his will to want to win and play because Andy Reid was not going to put him back in. He had to prove, and he, they x-rayed him. It was negative, and he said he can play, and they I think it was reluctantly. They put him back in there, and he got the touchdown they needed. Another thing, too, I want to comment on, got to give Doug Peterson credit. Super Bowl winning coach, as we all know. Uh, they won whatever it was, like six straight just to get into the playoffs. They won a playoff game. And I was in Florida for that. I watched the whole game. What a comeback that was. That was just unbelievable. And they only lost 27 to 20 to Kansas City. The best two teams right now, in my opinion, see what you say to this, Mayor. Get your comment, then we'll go to break. The best two teams left are the Eagles and the Cincinnati Bengals. Wow. Um, you know, I, I got to be honest with you. I never thought um, I would be in a position where I would agree with you that the Cincinnati Cincinnati Bengals 
are arguably the second best team in the NFL right now. Um, I thought, again, I have to tell you, I didn't think there was any way they were getting past Buffalo. Um, my hat's off the Burroughs. I mean, I, yeah. honestly, I mean, he stayed in there. He stayed in that pocket. He knew when that pocket was collapsed and he was going to take hits. And, and he, he, you know, he made that game. And at the end of the day, um, you know, I, I thought – uh, you know, again, my my original um, pick from the beginning of the year, I said Philadelphia, um, Buffalo. Uh, obviously, that's not going to happen. So, um, you know, uh, I still think the Chiefs, the Chiefs, in my opinion, are, are arguably uh, the the second best team in football. Well, so, I, I want to say that, but it doesn't look that way right now, Mayor. And I'm not even saying with the injury. I think in general. And, and, and I'm just going to throw this out again as we go to the break. If you want to comment on the other side after the break, Mayor, the time is yours. It's Mayor Charles Kane, the Auto Plaza at Galloway Township, and Kane's Custom Carts. We'll talk about all that as well with how things are going uh, during the course of the hour. Cincinnati has beaten the Kansas City Chiefs, including last year, in the AFC Championship game. I think it was overtime. I think it was 27-24. But they have beaten the Chiefs three consecutive times that they've played that's to me that's that's a um that's not a fluke you beat somebody three straight times that's a trend and they and they are now i i predicted eagles and chiefs at the beginning of the year and it still could be that but i think based especially on this injury that even if he plays mahomes is not going to be as nimble as he won't be able to run the way that he does, I think he'll be a pocket passer, which he is an excellent one. But it's, I think it's going to be a completely different game. And I came kicking and screaming to the Joe Burrows fan club because I don't like his brash personality. Uh, I think he's just a snotty kid, uh, but he can play and he doesn't choke. He, he's got game. So I think it's going to be the Eagles and the Bengals. In the Super Bowl. More with Mayor Kane right after this. This is Early in the Morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Brian Kilmeade is next at 10. Now, back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. It is 22 minutes past the hour. Mayor Charles Kane. Uh, Bob Progner is on assignment, or he would be with us in this segment. As we continue to talk Philadelphia Eagles and what's left now in terms of what many people feel, sometimes they think Super Bowl is anticlimactic, but certainly it's not when your team's in it unless you lose. Uh, but this um, AFC, NFC, and let's put it in the other order because the first game is at 3 p.m. on Fox uh, Sports. It will be the Philadelphia Eagles at home. Uh, taking on the San Francisco 49ers. And then at 6.30, it will be Kansas City Chiefs at home uh, taking on uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. Many think that the um, the conference championships, it's, a, it's like sometimes people say in the NCAA March Madness that the, the, the day that they decide the final four teams are playing and deciding who will be the final two that are playing, that they're the best games of the year. Sometimes, and I think a lot of times, Mayor, get your comment on this, people think that the conference championship games are much better than the Super Bowl. 
I think that's a, a fair assessment, but I have to tell you, I mean, I look at the, the potential matchups this year, and uh, I, I, I don't see I, – I, I definitely see us having a um, – a contested Super Bowl. I think, you know, one of the good things about this playoff um, uh, series that we just witnessed is the teams that weren't supposed to be there, um, because of the way they picked playoffs, those teams are gone. Um, Cincinnati, uh, again, listen, I, 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 my hat's off to them. I, I, uh, maybe uh, they're the sleeper in this whole group. Um, at the end of the day, uh, Burroughs got it done. And um, no, no matter what happens, uh, you know, whoever plays Philadelphia in the Super Bowl, um, it's going to be a good Super Bowl. Isn't it great that literally the Eagles, the only away game they would have to play in this entire uh, playoff season is the Super Bowl? I mean, that the the this benefit of having that top seed and how important that was for Jalen Hurts for um, oh, why am I forgetting? Uh, uh, Lane Johnson, how important that extra week off was to get healthy. I mean, look at the difference. It's huge. You know, I appreciate the fact that you, you're, you're shining the spotlight on, you know, uh, an offensive lineman, um, you know, who unfortunately, look, we have arguably the best center in the league. Uh, you know, when you got a guy like Boston Scott that, um, you know, uh, who had a, a great game, you know, they call him the giant for a reason. He had a great game. Yep. Uh, but if you look at it and it goes back to the confidence of this team, um, you know, when you look at Goddard, Goddard had a, a Goddard was carrying people down the field last night. Every time he touched the ball, um, sending him out on these blocks. If you just watch this guy and, 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 and the type of blocker that he is, he opens up holes for, um, you know, his teammates and, um, you know, they're a team that wants it right now. And, and, you know, uh, it's a well-rounded team. You look at, you have Johnson, Smith, um, Brown, uh, uh, Goddard, uh, Gainwell. Gainwell had a breakout game. You look at the amount of people that touch this ball in the Philadelphia offense. Um, and again, you shining a spotlight on the healthy offensive line right now. Philadelphia is unbeatable, folks. They're unbeatable if they continue to play at this level. I mean, they. I, I'm not saying this particular version of the Eagles because, in fairness, the the two bad games were, and, and really the, the the Minshew game against Dallas, he played pretty well. The the I forget who it was. Was it the Saints? Uh, the next game was just terrible. Minshew was awful, uh, but they got healthier. Uh, they dominated. A friend wrote me that the Giants were the worst team left. Hey, you you get to play who you play. I mean, the Eagles can't help it that the Giants beat Minnesota. I said all year that I thought Minnesota, on your show, Mayor, that I thought Minnesota were frauds. Uh, and bam, Giants bloom right out. That, I think, made people think the Giants were better than they actually were. Uh, in fairness, though, the Eagles were great. So I don't, I don't, I don't take their 38-7 to drubbing of the New York Giants on the fact that the Giants are a terrible team. The Eagles were sensational. Out of every team that played on Saturday and Sunday, the two best teams were the Eagles and the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, San Francisco, as I said earlier, they just sucked less than Dallas did. That was not that was not the team that's been winning all these games this year. They did they, they to me they did not look good last night. I, I should have slept instead of watching that. Honestly. Um, if they play anything like that, <laughs> if they played anything like that next week, 
they're going to lose by two or three touchdowns to the Eagles. If they play like they've been playing so, previous, they could win. So with with with, with Philadelphia and in, in, in just to just to expand on what we were just talking about. So Philadelphia right now, we watched that game. We watched Philadelphia playing, and again, I got to tell you something. You go back three four weeks. You know, with Minnesota, and you go, there's no way Philadelphia is going to be able to beat Minnesota in the playoffs because Minnesota's playing lights out and Philadelphia was not. But when you look at Philadelphia now and you look at the health of the team and you look at all the pieces of the puzzle, um, and, you know, so, so health is there. We know execution is there. There's no doubt about it. They're a well-rounded team. So now it comes down to the only way they lose is if coaching does not have them prepared for these games and these teams. Do you see any scenario where that could possibly happen under Nick Sirianni? Impossible. Impossible. I have to tell you, folks, it's a, you know, it's it, here we are. We're staring down the barrel of, uh, you know, another Super Bowl win. And, uh, you know, Philadelphia, they have the heart right now. That I'm telling when I tell you, Mayor, again, you, you know, when you got into that stadium, first of all, most of the parking lots were closing down several hours before. That's how packed the, 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 the stadium area was um you know the the 70,000 to go inside there probably was another 30,000 in the parking lots that's why the parking lots closed so early um you know that you didn't sit down from the moment you got out of your car to the moment you got back in your car you didn't sit down that's how electric that stadium was um and this week it's just going to be magnified by 10 fold yeah, I don't think there's going to be any risk of like overconfidence or anything like that because San Francisco, they, they're capable of playing much better than they played against Dallas. I was actually surprised. I was looking forward to watching the game because I I had been admiring, you know, the last in particular six seven weeks, uh, and felt that they were playing some of the best football in in either league. Uh, not last night. That that was to me that was not good. I mean, Dallas was terrible, and they, they won 19 to 12. This is interesting, and, and it's early, but I, I think I agree with it. Uh, some might think the spread should be wider, but the early line right now, this is DraftKings, is Eagles open as a 1.5 point favorite, one and a half point favorite uh, at DraftKings Sportsbook. What do you think of that? Well, I think that uh, I, I think that's a fair rating because even though we have uh, such an explosive offense, and I, I forget you probably have it off what our average um, uh, our average score is. Um, I know it has to be in excess of twenty four points. Um, you know, when you when you look at that, you look at San Francisco's defense. And look again, boring football games in most cases are because of two reasons: one, you just got two subpar teams and they're not fun to watch, or two. Their, their defensive battles, which results in less scoring, which most people find that a boring game. If you remember back, you know, uh, and you'll remember this 20 years ago when they redesigned the hardball in baseball for one reason. They redesigned it so that, you know, home run hitters could hit more home runs, which increased ticket sales and increased viewership. So, you know, when you see a defensive football game, you, you, you tend to say, wow, that was a boring game. But in, in, in fact, you know, it was a well-played game from a defensive standpoint. Um, and the good news about it for Philadelphia fans is it was a hard-fought battle. And San Francisco 
came out of that beat up. I mean, they, they, they played a very tough football game. So um, they're going to be feeling that next week um, as opposed to the, the Philadelphia going in fresh and ready for this game in front of their home field. And when I tell you, you know, people talk about how loud it is at Kansas City and, you know, they have that statement coming out of their tunnel about how loud it is. Well, Philadelphia, Philadelphia fans were loud Saturday night and they are going to be, you're going to hear it in southern jersey uh well we'll be listening for it because i have a viewing party i'm superstitious when it comes to sports so we had this amazing pizza party my son has an actual pizza uh oven and oh my gosh it cooks the pizzas at a little more than 700 degrees now mayor i know you're a foodie maybe we'll talk about this on the other side of the break he made them to order he made the pie shells himself Everything was from scratch, and I'm telling you, you could sell this pizza in any fine pizza establishment in in the world. It was so good. He made five of them. Uh, oh my gosh! And when you cook at that temperature, it's, it's it reminds me of like, oh, what's the steak place? Uh, Monty Dom is the general manager. Um, oh my gosh! I, yeah, R- Ruth Chris. Uh, and they cook them at like 700, 800 degrees. Maybe it's even over 1,000 with them. Uh, but, w- I mean, the char was perfect. Everything about it, texture, flavor, uh, multiple different styles. It was pepperoni, regular. Uh, someone, this is, if you're Michael Testa, this is a high crime. And a pizza a pizza drive-by, a pizza, pizza felony. But somebody wanted um, pineapple and ham. Uh, I know that if he's listening, he'll, uh, I'll get a text message on that. Uh, he says fruit does not belong on pizza, uh, but it was fantastic. So anyhow, the dinner was perfect. Our, I called it our pregame meal. The game couldn't have gone better. So I don't want to say I ordered, but I sent a very strongly worded memo to the White Star Line to every single person that was at our gathering. I guess it's about eight of us. And I asked for everyone to come back by two o'clock on this sunday and everybody's gonna i said everybody has to sit in the same seats that you sat in this mayor this sounds a little bit insane doesn't it but i i swear i wrote it Uh, well it does but i'm doing but let me tell you i'm superstitious when it comes to sports so everybody agreed they're all coming back they're all going to sit in the same seat i'm not going to burden my son and ask him to make all this pizza again so we're going to get subs but then two weeks later when the eagles are in the super bowl we're doing the whole pizza party again, the homemade pizzas. Does that just sound normal talk that we just had, Mayor? Nothing over the top about that, right? You know, Mayor, I, I listen, it, 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 even if it does, you know, there's so many uh, fan rituals out there, and, and I get it. I get it. I mean, uh, you know, you don't think about it until you say it out loud what your rituals are, what you do. Um, you know, one of the things I saw the other night that uh, popped up was, and I know that you have one because I've seen the pictures of it, the mask. The mask popped back up. Well, yeah, and, you know, oh, they, oh, let me explain. You're talking about the rally dog, right? Yes. Yeah, Rally Dog is a creation of my grandson in 2017, and I don't bring out Rally Dog every week. Rally Dog has been brought out, counting that playoff game uh, Saturday, three times this season. Rally Dog is Rally Dog has only failed twice in what is that 
five years, six years. Wow. Yep. Well, it was, listen, at the end of the day, do whatever you have to do yes. uh, to send that positive mojo to Philadelphia because, you know, as fans, you look at, and you've been a lifelong fan yourself, you know, these things come far and few, be, uh, few and far between for Philadelphia fans. And, um, you know, all the, all the, Puzzle pieces are lining up right now, and it's time for them to complete that this thing this uh, this week um, and end up at the big dance. And, and again, and I just looked up, Mario, I was looking up online, and when you look at, uh, I, I tell you, I'm giving San Francisco credit on their defense. Uh, I'm reading right now from a playoff ranking stand, standing, uh, Philadelphia has the number one defensive ranking right now in the, in the uh, uh, playoffs. Right, right. Oh, I said, no, I want to I want to make my earlier point clear. I said San Francisco has the number one run defense in the NFL. I didn't say number one defense. Eagles have the number one overall defense, but the Niners have the number one run defense. Well, I I stand corrected because I thought, personally, I thought that San Francisco had the number one defense ah. or would have the number one defense. So it makes me feel a little more comfortable because uh, I got to tell you, yesterday, uh, you know, as, a, as an Eagles fan um, and a, a diehard Dallas hater, um, I couldn't root for Dallas last night. Um, you know, although if you ask me who I wanted to play next week, I would much rather play Dallas at home. Um, yeah, and I think that would yeah. be a convincing win. That would be a blowout. In fact, it would be the first time this season that both teams would have played their starting quarterback. I would have liked that. Uh, but I was rooting for San Francisco uh, because I felt that other than the Eagles, that they were the other they were the second best team, in my view, in the in the NFC. And I was like, I like the best teams to go as far as they can. Obviously, one of these teams have to knock the other off. I have a follow-up to this, Mayor, when we come back right after the break. We're a little bit behind. We'll catch up now. 37 minutes past the hour. Mayor Charles Kane, yours truly, Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hi, everyone. Brian Kilmeade here reminding you not to miss Monday's edition of the Brian Kilmeade Show. Amongst our guests, former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo will be in studio. Brett Baer will bring us inside the White House and their inexplicable failure to explain Biden's hoarding of classified documents. Don't miss a minute of the Brian Kilmeade Show. Brian Kilmeade is next at 10 on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. When you need to know, it's WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and the WPG Talk Radio app. Mayor Kane, here's my uh, follow-up that I teased right before the break with, without even saying what it was. But this is the follow-up. Brock Purdy is a rookie. But in my estimation, he doesn't play like a rookie. One play, he played inexperienced. you got to know how much time is left. And you got to know the rule that the ball is – that clock moves until the ball you, – you can think you're throwing it out of bounds. But that clock doesn't stop until that ball hits out of bounds. So he almost blew the opportunity uh, for a scoring opportunity because he took the long way out. I mean, he should have just threw the ball. He was very close to the left side. Instead, he's throwing all the way to the right side, and he put a little bit of lift to it. So I'm thinking, oh, my God, you know, I'm an official at heart, so I know if this ball is in the air, you know, I'm watching this thing go down five, four, three, two, and then they go, oh my God, there's one second left. I mean, that easily could have gone triple zeros. 
So he did play like a rookie on that play. But he's been pretty much unflappable. Nothing has seemed too big for him. Uh, Do you have any reason to believe that the NFC Championship game is too big for him? Oh, absolutely not. No, not 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 none whatsoever. I, there's there's he he's so poised and and so confident in his abilities. Uh, I and not not cocky confident. And I think that's what uh, what we all appreciate about this entire team. I mean, uh, listen, you don't hear you, you have give me name one standout person in the media for Philadelphia right now. Oh, it's a great point. Well, you're saying one standout for Philly. Yeah, just I mean, anyone is stealing the spotlight in Philadelphia. Um, I, I would say, I would There's say, no well, I would say Jalen Hurts is is a standout. Now, of course, I meant, I meant. I, well, listen, he's, the, 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 I'm not talking about players as a whole. I'm just talking about media hounds. Oh, I mean, do you see oh, any? I mean, that this, is, this team that is, is concentrated on winning a, a football game instead of you know uh, uh, being media hounds. And well, uh, I'm, and, to- and I'm, I'm in total agreement with that. They're focused. Yeah, uh, Jalen Hurts never talks about himself in any interview. It is always about the team. It's always about what we need to do better. No, I totally agree with that. They they are they look like a team that's on a mission actually, and they're they're all they're all in it. Uh, not the individual effort, but the team, uh, and that's apparent. Yeah, that was a that's a really good point that you made. Uh, there's no one that's trying to steal the spotlight. No one. That's a good thing. No, and I think quite the, I think, and you hit on it. I think the point is just the opposite. I, I think that, you know, when you, when you get teammates, when you get uh, members that do talk to the press, they lift others up as opposed to talking about their abilities and what they can get done. And, um, and I, and I, I so appreciate that. And, uh, it just gives me even more confidence as, as an Eagles fan that they're all about business, getting this done, and they know what the end game is here and what the prize is. And, and they're concentrating on that. I think they're going to be so prepared for San Francisco. I think it'll be a tough game. I don't think it'll be a high scoring game. Uh, I think it'll be, you know, convincing win by Philadelphia. But I think Philadelphia is going to know they're in a, in, in a, in a in a championship game. You know, this is interesting because if it was Dallas, they would be playing for the third time. Uh, if it was another team, you know, th- that they had played, Minnesota, uh, it would have been for the second time. The Eagles and the San Francisco 49ers have not played this year. So this is the first time they're going to actually uh, be on the field at the same time. I think that matters because if you've played a team, you sort of learn things about them. Now they can always scheme and do things a slightly different way. Before we get the final break in, because we ran long last segment, let me go back to the earlier point before we got to the the Eagles and media and that kind of thing, because I completely just accept what you said as fact. It's truth. There's no one that's been a hot dog. I'm talking about Brock Purdy, the rookie for the San Francisco 49ers. He's not playing like a rookie. On one play, he looked inexperienced. But in a way, maybe that could happen to anybody. Uh, Do you think the NFC Championship game is too big for him? That's a a good question. Um, You know, I I can't imagine the pressure put on these young guys in that situation. And, um, you know, you know, watching over the years, uh, you know, uh, in the stadium, watching uh, these players and you watch how they buckle to this pressure. And, 
Yeah, I, I have to tell you, I mean, you know, when, if you haven't been subject to that, coming into that house, um, it's going to be very difficult. And, yes, the pressure may be too much for them, and, and Philadelphia is going to do everything they can to exploit that. I think there's a chance that, that that answer is spot on. There's also the possibility that he's unflappable uh, and that it's not going to be a problem. And I don't know which one is true. If 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 he had a bad game, uh, if the crowd got to him, uh, uh, people that don't know, it's not easy to play before the uh, Philadelphia Eagles home crowd. It's it's a, I mean, your your crowd is rough on the Eagles if the Eagles are stinking it up. You know, imagine the away team what they go through. It's not an easy place to play. Would you agree? Oh, and it's it's it, you know as they add and they fill in you know I you know years ago the stadium you know held uh, many less people. Uh, Philadelphia has systematically um, uh, you know added seats and and completely encircled the stadium. It is so loud in there, and it was it was evident um, you know uh, Saturday night how loud that stadium gets when you looked at uh, you know uh, the Giants having to take. You know, timeouts, call timeouts because they couldn't hear the plays being called in. Yep. You know, the interesting thing about this week's game, you know, um, you know, you, you make a really good point when you look at Purdy and, and you look at the fact that this guy, you know, uh, being picked last, you know, the final pick in the, in the draft and look at him now. I mean, you know, uh, eight, eight games starting in the NFL, heading to the championship game. You know, Mary, you, you may, you, you know, this guy may be unflappable. I, 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 I don't know. Um, well, he, here's what I do but, know. He has been so far. He has been unflappable through last night. They weren't very good, but he didn't do anything, you know, uh, terrible. Uh, I think there are just certain players. You, you know the expression, the person's not a rookie any longer, that some point during the season, rookies are no longer rookies. That's. But he. I got to give him credit, though. He came out of the box swinging, though. I, I, I'm not sure... Had, did he win every game that he started or maybe lost one, maybe? I mean, he's just done nothing but win. I, I don't. I think he's 8-0. I think um, he is, too. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, and that's pretty impressive. I yeah. mean, um, yeah, so, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, you know, again, do I think that they can beat Philadelphia Sunday afternoon? Absolutely not. I don't believe it's – but I think Philadelphia is going to know they're in a football game. Yeah, I'm going to say this. I don't think they are going to beat the Philadelphia Eagles this Saturday, but I got to – I can't rule out. They're, they are talented enough that they could win the game. It's not – It's I, I, I can't – are you a – like would you say I'm 100% certain that the Eagles are going to win the game? I, I, I can't say that and be honest. Look, I got to tell you, I – I didn't think there was any way that Buffalo could lose that football game. Yeah. Um, but know, I, I knew, I knew I was Cincinnati was going to win it, though. I knew they were going to win. Cincinnati, I mean, they, I, they I never. It, go ahead. I'm not giving them their props. I got to be honest with you. I, 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 yeah, I, you know, I am. Until, until they won that game, now all of a sudden they're on my radar, and that's, that's, that's crazy. Well, I never thought well, that they would go I'm, anywhere in the playoffs. I'm going to tell you what I did. About six or seven weeks ago, they got on my radar. And I, I don't like Joe Burrows because I think that he is just cocky and I don't, I don't, I like him on the field. I don't like him off the field. Uh, and I think some of that not caring for his personality, 
uh, rubbed off. And then all of a sudden I said, let me get dispassionate and totally objective and forget that he's some smart aleck, you know, punk, you know, young guy, punk, because uh, he is a punk, but he's not a punk on the field. He's got guts, uh, talent. He, I'm, I think he's going to be a great quarterback for many years to come. And so I reluctantly came on board probably with each passing week. Like if the game hadn't been canceled uh, because of the DeMar Hamlin thing, I think the, the Cincinnati was going to win that game. Uh, and I wasn't surprised at all that they won yesterday. I knew they were going to win yesterday. I think they're a better team. I, I am I am actually happy that that scenario did not play out. Um, you know, I was concerned about that scenario. Um, you know, we of course, we all understand, we're all understanding what happened on the field at that game. Um, but, you know, having to play that in a neutral town, I thought both teams were going to lose out. I thought it would be controversial. I'm glad that that's not happening at this point. Yes. Now, uh, a friend of the program wrote that his description about um, – I think it's kind of hilarious about Joe Burrows is it's called swag. So I kind of laughed. I like that. Um, I'm calling it something else, but uh, (laughs) that's pretty funny. And then uh, who else wrote me? Tom Foley wrote Purdy called Philly a hostile environment. Let's get the final break in mayor more after this. It's 52 minutes past the hour with mayor Charles Kane. This is. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. WPGG Atlantic City. WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. My friend had his home stolen. The crime is home title theft. It's real. It's horrendous, but it's real and it's everywhere. Now, luckily, this was just a demo, but I saw how criminals all around the world target American homeowners, and that's why I protect my home with home title lock, and you need to as well. And a thief can simply forge your signature on a legal document claiming you sold your home to them. Homeowners insurance and common identity theft programs do not protect you, but home title lock does. So protect yourself. Just go to their website. It's hometitlelock.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N. Verify your home's title is still safely in your name. Then just register your address for a free, no obligation home title report for your files. That is a $100 value, absolutely free. That's hometitlelock.com slash Sean, hometitlelock.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N. Sean Hannity, this afternoon at 3, now. Early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. 58 minutes past the hour. Possibly Mayor Kane would like to revise and extend his remarks about Brock Purdy. Mr. Mayor, you did a little homework. Well, look, I, I did. And, you know, Mr. Irrelevant here, guys, you know, at the end of the day, if you look at his wins uh, as a starter in the NFL, and, and look, some teams are a little suspect. But if you look, uh, he's put up on average, 35 points against his last eight opponents, only falling to 21 points against the Seahawks. And their defense has held each team to two touchdowns um, with the exception of the Raiders game. So, you know, it's going to make it for an interesting game. You know, at the end of the day, Philadelphia is the much better, well-rounded team, and you know the you know you're going to have guys like Gainwell that are just going to have breakout games again, and they'll they'll come out victorious. But 
Philadelphia's in a dogfight here, and it's it's going to be a good game. You see, I totally agree, because when I look at how San Francisco has played over the last eight weeks, uh, I, I don't just count last night. You know, that, that there was something about that game, I, I don't know how to describe it, that just it wasn't it wasn't a pleasurable game to watch. Uh, I, I just didn't care for it. You know, it's not I don't there can be great games with low points. Nineteen twelve isn't the reason I didn't like the game. But to me that's an anomaly. They found a way to win. Uh Dallas was terrible. Uh I mean, right to the end. How does that guy not get both feet down? Hey, there's nobody within like fifty feet of him. You know what I'm talking about, the tight end. He just casually just catches there, the I, ball. I mean, that guy, he should get fined for that by the team. Mayor, where my where 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 I sit at the Eagle Stadium, um, there are corporate seats around us. So uh, I sat in a different position than I normally sit. Um, uh, I, I know it's weird, but, you know, when we have so many seats in a row, I sat at the far end this this game, just wanted a different perspective. And I sat next to a guy I immediately could tell was a Giants fan. Um, he was covered up. He wasn't showing his colors, and he was very quiet. And at one point, I went to high-five him, and he goes, yeah, I'm not that guy. And uh, <laughs> so we ended up having a, a conversation during the game. And, and, you know, he commented, he said, you know, it's obvious that there's there's – there's two teams out there, but it's obvious that one team wants to win this football game. Yeah. And, you know, the, that play that you're referring to uh, with Dallas, you know, it, it, it was the tale of two teams. It was the yeah. team that wanted to win this, yeah. you know, win and, and, and advance and the team that was just trying to get by. And, and you know, to not get your feet down uh, in a pivotal game like that, it just goes to show the coaches didn't have their players ready. And, oh, I agree. And, and I, 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 I totally and, and, uh, I totally agree with that statement. And in fact, I'll make, uh, you know, I love to make predictions. Mike McCarthy will be fired, and I believe Sean Payton will be the next head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. I know he's interviewing for other jobs. Boy, I don't like that. I'm, I, I know. I'm just telling. Yeah, because he would. As an he, Eagles fan, I'm, I'm not. Yeah. If he could have that team with his coaching ability, that would be a big problem for the Philadelphia Eagles. But I will tell you this, you have a, you know, look, you, for all intents and purposes, you have a superstar in the making with um, Sirianni. I love this guy's energy. Um, I, I think he's matching. I, again, you know, now you know years ago, who did I want? I wanted Sean Payton in Philadelphia. I know. Um, you know, because I think that he matches the fans' energy. And I think Sirianni is is evolving in that way and and he showed it with his passion and and um you know in the last couple games i mean he's really showed that look he he loves his team as much as he loves the fans in philadelphia and and that is becoming evident and i think he's he's going to bring this win home for philadelphia fans here's something i like about him and some people might not like this style but i do um, it's sort of like a Pete Carroll thing. Pete Carroll hugs his players, you know, rubs their head, you know, gives them a quick, you know, pat. I like the way Sirianni, um, you see him, I, I don't know what that's called, the body bump or whatever, jump up in the air and you bump bodies. He did that with like a big, big player who made a, a really nice play. I like the affection that he shows for the players. And as you know, he'll get excited and run right over to the crowd almost like the Lambeau Leap, and he'll jump in sort Amen. of into the crowd. I I think he's a player's hey. coach and a, and a fan's coach. 
Chairman, well said. I, I, I really appreciate that statement because that's how, you know, I think that uh, we feel as Eagles fans in the way it's evolving. I don't think that, you know, that Eagles fans have him to the point where he'd throw a snowball at Santa yet. <laughs> but I think that I think that he would turn his back why the team did. That's funny. And, 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 you know, we would move on from there. So, you know, he's evolving as a, as a head coach for the Philadelphia Eagles, and, and he's becoming beloved with the fans. I mean, look, fans love wins, and you know they'll give it to you. Um, in the middle of a – listen, in the middle of the championship game this week, one interception, the fans are going to give it to them. Um, so uh, let's hope that doesn't happen and uh, we come out with a convincing win. Do you see Mahomes being able to just – I don't know what they're going to do, put him in one of those hyperbaric chambers. Uh, could he possibly rally and be well enough to play? I mean, I don't think people realize in terms of sports injuries – I forget the name of the Dallas uh, running back that had the same type of thing that happened to Mahomes last night. You see, when it, when you see a big player take down another player and their leg is behind them, and then they turn the ankle oh the wrong direction, mini oh. Joe mini Joe Theismann sort of stuff. It's just gruesome. Do you think he can rally from that high ankle sprain and be effective this Sunday? Patrick Mahomes. Well, I'll say it this way. If anyone can, it's going to be him. Um, You know, this guy. Because I'm telling you, he had the same thing happen to him that happened to the Dallas player that got taken off in a cart. Only Mahomes would not. That's what we're talking about, isn't it? It really is. I, 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 I don't see any scenario where he does not end up in the field and playing in um, true Mahomes fashion. Um, so, um, you know, this guy's a warrior. Um, you know, he's going to be, you know, uh, a Hall of Fame quarterback. There's no doubt about it. And he um, he's going to be on that field no matter what happens uh, to his physically next week. Mayor, Mayor final minute. And a listener has written in, where does Brady go? Brady either stays with the Tampa Bay Bucks, which I don't think is going to be the case. He may go to Miami or he may go wherever Sean Payton goes. Comment on Brady. Well, you know, here's the thing. With all due respect, Tom Brady, uh, we love you. You're the GOAT. It's time to go into broadcasting. Um, you know, uh, enough of the controversy with Tom Brady. Um, I, I think he's proven that, look, he's he's a, he's a good quarterback. You're you're You're... You've had a great run. It's time to hang it up and, and move on to the next part of your career. But he give, blew. Give but mayor, up. mayor, and we're. I, I wish we weren't down to twenty seconds. He blew up his whole family. He he gave up his wife. He gave up his his post football life, which would have been with his wife and children, uh, to play. There's no way he's retiring. He's going to be with the Las Vegas Raiders, with the Miami Dolphins, the Bucks. I forget the other team. He's going to play, Mayor. He's going to play. Um, 